This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Holy cats, what a mess in Jacksonville. What in the world are we doing? Can we all get on the same page, please? Just win football games. It's so much easier. Why haven't we figured that out in a dozen years? 20 years, 15 years, whatever you want to go. Whatever your measuring stick is, just win football games. It's a lot easier. It's super clunky now here in Jacksonville. You almost feel like fingers are starting to point all over the place. It's what happens when the ship is going down. The ship is going down in Jacksonville. There's no doubt about it. One last-ditch effort by the executive vice president of football operations earlier today to rally, I think, a little bit inside the building, too, and, and they'll get the message. Um, I'm not sure it will, but uh, also try to rally the fan base and what is now being perceived by most, a last-ditch effort to sell tickets uh, on Sunday and not have an empty stadium because there's a lot of people that feel like the stadium will be pretty empty on Sunday. So I can't imagine Tom Coughlin wanted to do this on his own. I think this was kind of a, hey, get on out there and see uh, if we can salvage this thing. It's not working. <laughs> if social media is any example, it's not working. It, 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 I love the fact that we got to ask Tom Coughlin some questions. The people in the media have been wanting to hear from Tom Coughlin. I think the fans have been wanting to hear from Tom Coughlin, explain some things. But Tom Coughlin, with that kind of combative tone and nature, didn't solve a lot of things today. And really wasn't answering too many questions. I think this was all about presentation and presentation that didn't go over so well. We have now had two bizarre news conferences in 2019 during the season. Jalen Ramsey on a Tuesday and now Tom Coughlin on a Wednesday. And uh, by the way, under the radar, preceded by Tom Coughlin, which John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, we'll get into a little bit later on. And he was in an awful bad mood. I mean, he was short as short can be. So I don't know what rubbed him the wrong way, other than the fact this offense can't score enough. But uh, it's really a Tom Coughlin story today. What was your take on what you heard? Uh, so obviously I, I watched it live, and I'm going to be honest with you, I pretty much cringed through the whole thing because what I thought we were going to have – were answers, right? Because I think that's what Jaguars fans want. They want answers of why this isn't going right, and they want answers of how you're going to fix the problem. And when Todd Wash and John Filippo came up, it was, we have to stick to the fundamentals. You know, we have to go back to the basics, and we got to clean some stuff up here. We're having too many uh, mental errors and things of that nature. Very cool. I mean, I, I've been saying that since the Carolina game. Like that, and I get it. That's coach speak. So they, they, they stayed between the lines on that. Nothing really got accomplished as far as the coordinator's press conference. So then we enter, you know, enters Tom Coughlin here. And like, I was excited. You know, like that, that was big news. Tom Coughlin's going to speak. This is a guy who didn't speak after 2017 after they had a successful season, did not talk after the, the Patriots game. Um, Really, the last time you heard from him was the Jaguars luncheon and set aside from a letter that he wrote about Jalen Ramsey. So I was excited to see where this conversation was going to go. And all it was, it was a guy standing up there who has a little cachet in the Jaguars organization who fans can recognize. It was someone trying to sell tickets. That, that That's all I garnered from it. And I'll be honest with you, I was embarrassed for the whole situation. Because Tom Coughlin even said it was his idea to go up there. 
BS. It, it, it was not Tom Coughlin's idea to go up there and try to get fans to come out to the game. Do you know why? Because Tom Coughlin has to worry about how are you going to stop teams from running the ball down your throat? How, how are you going to get that offense going with Nick Foles, who's an $88 million quarterback? How do you get that offense going? How do you change the culture? The last thing that Tom Coughlin's worried about right now is, man, I hope fans show up to the Tampa Bay game. That's the last thing on his mind right now. So the fact that he tried to, he tried to pass off saying, yeah, this is my idea. I came up here. This is how I feel. No. So as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, well, then you're obviously lying. So then this is just going to be, uh, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of smoke and mirrors here. And then the fact that I had to sit through him listing off reasons why you should be optimistic about the Jaguars. Like, do you think, I mean, honestly, and like, put yourself in the fan shoes real quick, Brent. Do you think a fan who's maybe on the fence of going to the game or not going to the game, and maybe they're going uh, to Disney, let's say, do you think all of a sudden the husband calls up his family and is like, hey, you know what? We're supposed to go to Disney, but guess what? Logan Cook has the second highest net yards in the NFL right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars have one of the youngest cores in the NFL. Do you think that's really going to sway everybody to go, you know what? Forget the family vacation. Let's go watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play because Tom Coughlin just named about, I don't know, 15 odd stats that should, you know, point to the Jaguars' favor. But they didn't say how they're going to fix it, and they didn't make any changes. So we didn't learn anything new. All we knew, all we found out was some stats. Cool. Well, Leonard Fournette's a good running back. Guess what? The entire city knows that. I mean, DJ Chuck's a good wide receiver. Guess what? I'm pretty sure if you watch one Jaguars game, you already know that. We didn't learn anything. Yeah, there wasn't a lot uh, divulged. It was more, again, about the presentation than anything said. There was not a ton to really grab uh, in in that respect. And that included not really an endorsement for Doug Marone, had the opportunity to do so, uh, clear the air on, on if there was a little bit of uh, back and forth about the way Doug Marone handled this whole situation, not a lot of that. Any clarity on Minshew and Foles and how that went down as Foles maybe back a little bit earlier than, than even he probably would have figured he should be based on the injury. Is he more rusty? Any of that? Not really. Yannick Ngakwe. And by the way, I'm going to give the pass on the name. Uh, everybody gets so wrapped up. I think that part's a little petty to get caught up with the name and, and he messed up Jan's name. It doesn't probably sit well, but he, he stumbled over it and Clay is Campbell too. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give him that uh, and I'm not getting wrapped up in that. You can if you want. But he also had a chance to say more about, man, this guy's handled it really well. I mean, he's done a great job. He's making plays. And he didn't really do that. He has that. a now, lot to prove, Brent. No, exact yeah, quote. He has a lot to prove. A lot to prove. So, Excuse me? So, again, I mean, I, I he didn't shed light in those, even on some of the easy ones, the, the, the those softball ones that could have been like, hey, yeah, you know what, let's talk about this. Let's take it. Fournette, he did a little bit of that with. Fournette, he had some good things to say about. But really, I think you're right. We didn't learn a whole lot about this. What was this charade? What was it for? What was the purpose of it? And if selling tickets is part of it, Tom Coughlin's not the guy to go up there and give a rah-rah speech to the fans. He doesn't, not especially in front of the media, who I'm not really sure he enjoys being around very much. So that came off as cranky curmudgeon-y, and it didn't accomplish anything that it wanted to accomplish, I think, from a pushing people to rally around this football team in the last five weeks uh they've got to give he did admit we got to give him a product to rally around Mm -hmm. no doubt about that so uh yeah it was it it was not uh not ideal 
it was not ideal in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you you believe somebody obviously put him up to oh, well, doing come that, on. Right? Yeah, well, there's there's not a doubt in my mind that someone had to talk Tom Coughlin because, I mean, the script was all in front of him, too. It wasn't like he was yeah. speaking from the heart or anything. He's he's going to these stats and everything, and he's trying to purvey the fact that, listen, guys, like I understand this is a dumpster fire right now, but at least we have this to go off of. You know, like to me, that's it's almost like you're undermining the Jaguars fan base by doing that. You know, it'd be under the same thing. Like, say, say if I was in high school and I brought home my report card, D's, D's, F's, and I got maybe a C in gym class. Fantastic, okay? And then my mom goes, "Well, Oss, what's what's going on here? Like, why are you failing? Why are you doing so bad in school?" Well, at least the positives are, Mom, like in the past two quizzes that I took, I actually got 100%. So we have that going for us. No, all people care about is the final report card. All people care about is the Fs and the Ds. And all the Jaguars fans care about right now is the record. Like, I get it. You got good players. Guess what? Every team in the NFL players, uh, every team in the NFL, they have decent players. The Miami Dolphins could come out and say, well, at least we have this, we have this, we have this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can come out and say, well, we have some of the best wide receivers in the game. Who cares, man? What, Four and seven. What are, you, what, what are you guys doing to win ball games? And then another thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was they try to get the players into it too. Uh, Coffin was like, you know, our, our players really need everybody here because we're all in this together. Yada yada yada. And yes, if you're a football player in that locker room, I guarantee you'd rather see a full stadium than an empty stadium. But when I was playing back in 2012, and I think we won like two games entering December, and we played the New York Jets at home, do you think I was really worried about how many Jaguars fans would come out and, and watch us play? Because I knew what was up. I knew we weren't playing good. I wouldn't want to come watch us play if, if you know if I had to pay money for it. So I understand that point. But then you're trying to guilt trip the fans by saying, well, the players need you there. No, man. Just win games. That, that, that's all you got to do. And the biggest point of this whole thing is you go to the stats. You say, this guy's a good player. We have interesting facts here. All this analytics stuff. Okay, whatever. But at the end of the day, no question got answered of what the plan is to fix this. And, and nobody is held accountable because everyone still has their job. So basically what you're telling me if you're a Jaguars fan is the, the game that took place in Houston against uh, uh, in London against Houston and then – the same roster that you know went to Indianapolis and got their doors blown off, and the same roster, the same coaching staff that went to Tennessee and got absolutely embarrassed. Well, now the same group, the exact same group who kept on telling us it's the fundamentals, we got to clean things up. It's the fundamentals, we got to clean things up over and over and over again. Well, guess what? Now they get to go out there against Tampa Bay, and it's the exact same thing. And you're going to expect fans to show up. This is, by the way, and we've been through this in Jacksonville, so I'm well trained. Okay. <laughs> this yeah. is uh, this is when the fingers start to point, and even if it's indirect, Doug Marone obviously did a little bit of that with the Ramsey situation, but he did it yesterday and saying, "Hey, there was some pushback on the way I wanted to deal with this any anyway mm-hmm. the whole season." You don't hear a coach say that, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that length yesterday. You don't hear, and, and Doug actually admitted it. Usually, a coach won't get up and say that. And let you in on that, even though that does happen from time to time within organizations. The fact that he came out and said it, I think, was like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. What's going on inside the building? And the key word this week is disconnect. I've said that now 342 times Mm -hmm. prior to Thanksgiving is disconnect. Uh, I'm going to go play Connect 4 just to get us uh, back on track, (laughs) Uh, you know, over the weekend. But then I think what happens is that resume read was not anything for the fans. That resume read was for the owner. That resume read was for, hey, look at the players we have brought in. 
and look at the players we do have. We can move this thing forward. We can, you know, that was more as much as it to me was a plea for the fans. I feel like it also was a plea for, hey, it doesn't look good right now. We're going to try to save this thing. And if we save this thing, there's 2020 and we've got Nick Foles and we've got Gardner Minshew and we've got this player, this player, this player, this player. And that's what that felt like to me. And, you know, that's an odd time to do that. It's an odd setting to do that, but it also goes to show that everybody's trying to kind of grab onto something in that building right now that might be out of a job in the next five or six weeks, and that's the reality. And once that reality hits inside a building, from a player standpoint, from a coach standpoint, from an executive standpoint, it's tough to rally back from it. And I don't know how you stay focused and try to win football games on Sunday. So do you think Tom Coughlin actually came up with those analytics himself and he chose to share that just to make himself look good in front of the, the front office and the owner? Because no, I, I think, listen, they know what good. Okay. They, but, but you do that the whole time. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, but in, in your mind, it. you might have had a D in that class, but you still know what ones you got 100 but, on. But, but here's you know? my issue, though. Here's my issue with it. So don't throw these analytics and say Yannick Ngakwe has so-and-so amount of sacks and he's, you know, it's the third straight year he's doing that or whatever like that. He's one of the staples on defense don't put that in the analytics part and try to sell that to get jaguar fans to come watch him and then when someone asks you what's up with the contract negotiations and gakwe don't just go oh he still has a lot to prove because it's it's both sides of the coin. Yeah, the fans want are you, you to pay to that guy. Oh, well, are you happy to have Yannick Ngakwe, or are you just kind of, eh, he still has a lot to prove? Duval hey, Doom stay says, in what the bleep are we supposed to rally behind? They've gotten the dog bleep beaten out of them for three weeks. Hey, Duval Doom, I can't read these verbatim if you're going to drop those kind of words in all the time. But I get it. Next on ESPN 690. We'll take your calls, by the way. Star Star 690, what do you think about today's charade down at Jags headquarters? It's coming up next. We're not done with it. But here's what I would say, okay? You know my philosophy. The head coach is the voice of the program. I feel at this point in time that I'm needed to speak. Doug has come before you with his message literally every day since the start of the season. If I can help reinforce that message, then that's why I'm here. We're all in this together. We're all battling. We all want to win. You all want to win. I know that. You don't want to write about a team that's not winning. It's not any fun. And we're all in this thing together. Can we play the High School Musical song again? Cruz, you got that on you? Aw. Uh. <laughs> hey, that was, I'm in it and you're in it too, By bro. the way, that All was the most connected comment of Tom Coughlin's 13-minute sure. news conference. Sure. That was. Everything else was a little bit more combative mm-hmm. than that. So, uh, yeah, that, I didn't have a problem with that message right there. I mean, no. we want to win. We're, I mean, that's typical coach stuff speak. And yeah. to say I'm going to come in here and reinforce the message, well, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's an okay thing to do. Uh, again, people have been begging to hear from somebody other than Doug Marone. So I think that standalone comment right there, that's 15 seconds out of 13 minutes, you know, uh, was was probably okay, you know, the way that started off and, and got to. And then it really never went anywhere from an answer standpoint. Yeah. And it's interesting. We we're just talking in a break and we continue to talk about this, by the way, Star Star 690. Uh, we'll get your thoughts on it. This is the dominating conversation here today. Yeah. And we'll play you more of the comments because I don't want to assume that while you were at work or shopping or whatever, that you've already seen everything from this news conference. So we're going to play clips throughout the entire show and uh, really get into it and try to dissect it. Because here's the one big problem I have with regimes that don't want to tell you anything. That feel like it's classified information. They don't want to share too much. It's the secrets of the NFL. We're smarter than everybody else. We're doing something that, heck, NASA couldn't even figure out. That's that's the perception people give off. 
the Belichicks of the world and everything else, right? Sure. And I hate that about the NFL because it's, it ain't that hard, okay? It might be hard to win, and I do think it's hard to win, but the rest of it, you're not inventing things mm-hmm. that we, we all don't know, sure. you know, because they've been doing this a while now. So I don't like the fact that these – like Tom Coughlin isn't super transparent. Like Doug Marone feels more transparent, but because Tom Coughlin doesn't talk, Dave Caldwell doesn't talk, that means their front office is not transparent. What is going on with Yannick Ngakwe? Why haven't you talked to Telvin Smith? How did you come to this decision about Nick Foles? What else is wrong with this football team? What do you lack? How quick is it going to take to fix it? What are you trying to do to fix it? Like, why are those secretive thoughts? Why, why do they need to be? They don't answer the question. And so if you don't answer the question and you, you are not transparent, well, then people like us, people like the fans come to their own conclusions about it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a dangerous thing to do as an organization, especially one that keeps losing year after year and is now riding a three-game losing streak, an embarrassing losing streak. They've been thumped by the AFC South. They're out of it by Thanksgiving. And so I think the lack of transparency given this platform today by Tom Coughlin is bad. It's dangerous because now we get to form all those things. And we might be right. Mm. It might not be 100% correct. But you had your opportunity to answer some of these things through a 13-minute stretch and at least shed some light. And what we got out of this was really not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. We still are sitting here like, what the hell was that? Well, and here's the problem. What did what was the quote that Tom Coughlin echoed twice in that little sound clip right there? What do you echo? We're all in this together, all in this together right? Yeah. Well, when you're not transparent, when when you don't keep the fans in with what's going on, and when you try to sell them just on analytics of why they should come to the game, guess what? You you're shutting the fans out, and you're showing we're not all in this together. This is our thing, and we'll let you guys see what we want you to see. That's what I took away from it. Now, I guess the, the the biggest takeaway, honestly, and this is going to surprise you, is not Tom Coughlin on this whole press conference, which is shocking because Tom Coughlin is going to be the key topic today. Yeah, he was the central point. Yeah. But after I watched that press conference, I couldn't help but think to myself, I'm like, yeah, Tom Coughlin, like, that was bad, man. Like, you, you shouldn't have did that. But do we hold Tom Coughlin accountable for going out there against his will, basically, it seemed like, to read off a script and try to get fans into the game, or does this have to fall on the ownership? And by ownership, I mean Shad Khan, who, by all things considered, I feel like authorized this whole thing to happen. I mean, let's be honest here, and maybe people aren't going to come with me on this or not, but I truly don't believe Tom Coughlin went out there with intentions to say what he said. Okay, I think someone told him to say that. Well, if you look at the hierarchy of that team, Tom Coughlin's way up there, man. Oh, yeah. Only person ahead of him, Shad Khan. So do you think that Shad Khan, number one, Talked him into doing that, obviously. And number two, does accountability have to fall on Shad Khan as well? Because listen, and I don't know what all the play, all the fans thought, but from my perspective, I walked away from that press conference thinking nothing got accomplished whatsoever. Well, I, I think everybody thought yeah. that nothing got accomplished. It yeah. was just kind of like what in if the world? Somebody it showed, made it worse. It, well, I think yeah. the perception right now is that it made it worse. Yeah. The perception by me is it made it worse. Mm-hmm. So what what was the point of it? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And what are we solving by doing this? Uh, I think you would have been, if you wanted to sell tickets, you would have been better having Gardner Minshew address the media. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and then put them in probably, but For definitely sure. address the media. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Coughlin's not that guy in this kind of situation. He's pissed off they've lost three in a row. He's pissed off it's going bad. He's not in a good place to be able to say, pom-poms up. Let's rally this thing. And he's, he's not that guy to even start with, Brett. And he's not. He's not a pom-pom guy regardless, especially when your team's doing this bad. So, I do think it was Khan that signed off on this at the very least. Whose idea initially? Who knows? Could have been Mark Lampics. Could have been sure. um, Coughlin's. Could have been Doug Marone's. Could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. And But, yes, I think eventually Khan has to sign off on it. And then it crossed my mind. When you hire someone like Tom Coughlin back here to Jacksonville, you know the hardest thing to do? No idea. What do you got? Is fire Tom Coughlin. Sure. Okay. And I brought up yesterday on the show, and I continue to believe this, that the whole Jalen Ramsey thing, when Shot had to get involved in that, I thought was a definite mark against Tom Coughlin. Mm. I said it yesterday on the show. I think that hurts Tom Coughlin in terms of coming back. I believe there will be a clean sweep, and I think there, that will include Coughlin. I think... A lot of people don't think that. A lot of people think Coughlin is still the guy every, he lean, shot leans on, and he's the football guy, and he might be able to make the, the next decision. Uh, just people I've talked to. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. All right, Shad Khan knows. But my view is since he had to get involved, that hurt Tom Coughlin because he doesn't want to get involved. I said that yesterday. I almost wonder now, like the Ramsey thing. Remember how the Ramsey thing went down? And we're varying opinions on this, but I think it was like a Tuesday or something like that. And he said it on like the New York Stock Exchange, right? Mm-hmm. That something to the effect of, well, we we met and I think he's going to play. Put him on the spot, basically. He kind of put Ramsey out there to be like, oh, he told me we had a great meeting. Sure. And he's going to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about when things flip because, wait a minute, the owner said he's about ready to play, and then Ramsey didn't play. Is he faking that back injury? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he playing? He told the owner that they had a good meeting. What's going on? Now, some interpret it like it looked, made the owner look bad. I didn't. I thought it made Jalen look bad mm. because he kind of put him out there and said, hey, it's time to play or we're getting you out of here. Sure. So now I'm kind of wondering a similar situation. Again, conspiracy theory here is Shad Khan kind of putting Tom Coughlin out there to say, hey, you take the bullets on this one. Your football team is 4-7. and seven. You guys have lost three straight games. Yeah. You guys have given up 200 yards of rushing. You guys put this thing together, and you're in charge of my football operation. And so now I'm kind of starting to think, like, as you, uh, it's an interesting thought. Is it the owner that looks bad by signing well, off, and it's or the same, is it yeah, it's, Tom Coughlin today that's really looking worse than anybody? Yeah. And did the owner say, you go take the bullets for this one? I already took the Jalen bullets for you. Sure. And th- that's a fantastic point because even after the whole Jalen Ramsey saga, what happened? Shad Khan comes out and says he expects Jalen to play. The next move from Jalen's camp was to be like, Jalen wants to play, but we have to make sure he's 100% healthy. Remember that? That's yes. what came out like right after it. And then I think there was a group of people that thought Shad Khan looked bad. I'll be honest. I thought I was one of those people just because in my eyes, if you're an owner and you you promise something, or at least you you, it, you, can, you, it you lean you, that yeah, way. You lean that way, and then it doesn't work out. Well, then you can't deliver off your word, right? But uh, I think a lot more people took Shad Khan's side in the fact that Jalen Ramsey was like, "Listen, Jalen, you're supposed to play, and you didn't, so now you look bad." So I get your standpoint here, and then I guess I understand it from the standpoint of so if Shad Khan really did put Tom Coughlin on the spot, and granted, this whole thing kind of blew up in everyone's face, it did, nothing got accomplished out of it. But at least if you're Shad Khan, you're like, "Listen." I put you in charge to head this football team. You go out there and you explain what's going on. Now, did Tom Coffin do a good job of that? No. 
And ultimately, does that fall on Shad Khan? Maybe. But I get what you're saying where I guess my initial response was, man, I think Shad Khan looks bad more than anybody. But now that you kind of brought the Jalen Ramsey thing up, I'm like, well, you know what? At least Shad Khan was like, you know what? You go speak to somebody and you figure this out. So I can kind of come more towards Tom Coughlin, I guess, looking worse than Shad Khan. It, it I might mean, all be semantics. It yeah. might be. But at the end of the day, I think that's a tough guy. You've got to put him in the ring of honor in a couple of years, uh, sure. pride of the Jaguars in a couple of years, mm-hmm. at some point when it's done. And you know my feeling anyway, going back to August, I thought Tom Coughlin might be done, win, lose, or draw anyway at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's – I think it's – they're going to clean sweep this thing. Uh, let's get to the phones real quick. Henry uh, jumps in. What's up, man? Thanks for uh, listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, no problem, guys. Um, I think it was just a big smoke screen today. I mean, ultimately, they don't know how to solve the issue, what they have right now. They have good players. They just ultimately can't put all the pieces together to do what they need to do. I think that Coughlin was forced to go up there and make that speech like you were just saying. I think it came from Shad. Shad said probably, hey, I spoke last time, you speaking this time. So he probably was not saying what he really wanted to say, but probably was something that was written down for him to say uh, just to get it out of the way. But ultimately, they need to just do a clean sweep of the front office. I mean, I'd keep Coach, Coach Ron, for, for real. I would keep him. But as far as that front office goes, they need to do a clean sweep. All right, Henry. Happy right, Thanksgiving, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, jumping in. Let's get to Mary right away. Mary's been hanging around on this uh, conversation as well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for listening, Mary. How you doing? Just fine. How are y'all today? Um, doing good. Good. Cool. Happy Thanksgiving in advance. You too. Um, you too. One thing I would like to – thank you, sir. One thing I would like to see is for – some of the people from the front office and the coaching staff and some of the, you know, upper-tier players hold a town hall with some fans. And, I mean, you know, you select fans who are going to be respectful and everything with their questions because nobody is talking directly to the fans. They talk to the media. They get up on the little podium after the game and say the same stuff week after week. But it would really go a long way in the PR department if they would speak directly to the fans and answer some of their questions. Mary, uh, if you could ask a question to them, and that's an interesting point uh, and uh, that you bring up because I've actually thought about this over the last couple of weeks. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't know how you put it all together. I've actually thought about it, trying to organize it ourselves, like yeah, here. Sure. Uh, and, and I don't know if they would do it. But I, I would love that idea, and I think that is a good idea because right now the fans are not happy. The fans, especially given – you know, what we can't forget, too, and maybe one of the reasons Shad Khan can't come out at this time is the the statement he made mm-hmm. about London, you know, and that really hurt the feelings, by the way, and ticked off the fans of the Jaguars. Uh, so that's part of it as well, and I think that's part of this whole thing that's transpired in the last four, five, six weeks now uh, to go along with the losing and, and all this other crazy stuff that feels like it's disjointed at Jags headquarters and their entire organization. But what question would you ask uh, if you had the mic and we had Shad Khan and Tom Coughlin or Doug Marone and Mark Lamping, uh, if you had, had the mic for a couple of seconds, what would you ask them? One thing, one thing I would like to ask the front office and, and the coaches would fall into is, and I know everybody's heard this before, 
why are we so undisciplined? Because you watch a Belichick coach team, for example, and you don't see these punk bleep acts after plays and all. Do your job. I mean, that's fine if you want to celebrate making a big stop, but just to make a routine tackle and you dance around and everything, and then the next play you go get your ass burnt for 30 yards or something or other, like a third and, you know, a third and 17 or a third and 28 or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's just embarrassing. And to the players, why aren't you playing with any pride? You don't seem to have pride in what you do. You don't seem to have enthusiasm. You are playing the greatest game in the world. I'm 50. I just turned 58 years old. I had a very strict Southern upbringing. I love football. I love playing football. I got my butt beat for playing tackle because my parents and my grandparents said, oh, weren't supposed to do that. But I loved it. And so I would get my butt beat and get put on restriction, and I'd go out and do it again because I love the game. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars to play the greatest game in the world. I literally get high when I throw a football. I love it. I love the game. And I don't understand why they just seem to be going through the motions and they don't have any passion for the game. All right, Mary, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you and uh, Austin, that's your fault. You're the player. <laughs> why don't they have any passion? Yeah, I, I yeah. think, listen, well, when oh, you don't ahead. have, who's ha- who looks like they're having the most fun and passion for the game and, and like you, you would play for no paycheck right now? Well, what team? The Ravens. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's winning and losing. Of course. It's hard to do it when you lose. It is. You know, and it, it's, it's, it's when you're having fun. I don't think that same thought, and I'm not saying Mary's view is wrong, but I don't think that same thought would be, would have been said in 2017. And by the way, there's a lot of those same players. Exactly. Let me, I want to go back to a Deshaun Watson press conference. And I, I forgot what exactly transpired. I think they were playing the Saints possibly, but they asked Deshaun Watson what happened on this play. And Deshaun Watson was kind of taken back by the question. He actually got into the X's nose. Like, did. They were in cover two here. Went guy viral. came up. Yeah, it went viral. But what, what was the response of it? The, the, the media said thank you for that. I thought it was a great peek behind the curtain. And I think overall it was met with positive response, right? So... When the Jaguars keep on losing and losing, and the coaches come up there, or the players come up there, and they say, "Yeah, we just have to, we have to w- w- work on our eye discipline, we have to work on our fundamentals." Yeah, we all we all know that because you guys keep saying that. But like, wh- what fundamentals? Tell us what you're doing to make things better. Because you can say the same thing over and over again, Brent. But those are just words. Action speaks louder than words. And like with the Sean Watson's case, when he came out there and said exactly what was going through his head, why he made the mistake, and how he plans on fixing it. That's what Jaguars fans need right now. They need that transparency. They don't need the cookie cutter, well, we got to work on this. But no, tell us what you're working on and how it's going to get better. Yeah, and it goes back to that connection with the fan base a little bit if you're able to do that, right? I mean, uh, again, I take you back to what Phil Simms told me up in New York a few years ago. Winning in the NFL is hard. Eight and eight. This is a guy that won a lot, by the way. But eight and eight. He said, it's not as bad as people think. He's like, it's hard to win eight games in the NFL. But that means nothing to people. No. You know? That means nothing. And and I understand that should mean nothing to people. But if you can kind of bridge that, like, I still remember him saying that. So Phil Sims said that to me like three or four years ago. And that was when the Jaguars, I think, going into 17. And he kind of warned. He's like, listen, don't get crazy down there because winning's hard. You might feel like you're about to win, but it's hard. That was his point. That was part of the message. And I kind of kept that 
you know? Sure. And whether you believe it or not, well, I think the NFL kind of indicates that. Go look at every team's record and how often they win year after year after year. It is hard, but why is it so hard? And why is it so damn hard for those guys a few miles down the road to get it done at all? No, <laughs> That's what you. people want to know. Yeah. You know, it is hard. Okay, I acknowledge that. But it's really hard for you guys. Sure. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I get it. Winning's hard, but I'll be honest, Brent, and this is a guy who played the game of football. I don't care. Like, if you're Tom Coffey, you say that in the, in the press conference today. Yeah. Hey, he guess what? That, yeah. Winning's hard. Okay, cool. What else you got for us? I, I get know. it. Yeah, yeah. Winning's hard. To me, winning is hard is right up there with Logan Cook is second right now in the NFL. <laughs> and, and, that and listen, listen, that's a great draft pick. Props to Logan Cook. I mean, good for him. But honestly, is that going to what's going to is that, that going to sell the tickets? Is Logan Cook being good? Yeah. No. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce um, anything that's in his uh, handle. But uh, ACEC is uh, his real handle, I think. Okay. Am I doing that right? Am I saying that right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Do I have from, to go you can on, see now it. I gotta go on but he says, select fans who will be, re- Mary said, select fans who will be respectful with their questions. What does that even mean? Um, that means Twitter, not Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what that means. Uh, but no, I, I love the idea that there's two sides to like a town hall type of thing. And one is the questions being asked that it can be critical and fair and that kind of thing. The other thing is you have to be transparent on the other side yeah. and how transparent is the organization going to be. And I think at least right now, that's a that's a hard ask. Michael's been hanging on the line. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for listening, man. Happy Thanksgiving. What you got? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Um, the thing that I am taking away from this press conference is it feels like the culmination of years of half measures and it's kind of a circular firing squad going on because Caldwell hired Bradley, then Caldwell got another bite at the apple, but Shad hired Tom Coughlin to be over him, and Tom hired Doug Marone, and then now Tom's saying the players are good, and you've got all these people where they've come in at different points of the owner's tenure and owning of the team, and everyone's looking out for themselves and it's all boiling over because there was never a clean sweep. We haven't had one since Caldwell was hired. And this is, these are the problems you run into when you have all these guys who have different competencies, have different egos, and have different interests. And I think we're starting to see where this is kind of boiling over. And you also look at what how Doug has been speaking and talking about culture. And I think you're starting to see the breaking point where all of this is going to start boiling over and it's going to be wild to hear the stories uh, coming out if and or when there is a clean sweep. Yeah, thank- but uh, thanks for your time. And have a happy Thanksgiving. You too, Michael. Thank you. And I think you bring up good points. And it's happening now in front of us, by the way. That is happening. Like, it's it's here. And we've been through this with Jack Del Rio, with Mike Malarkey, with Gus Bradley. Uh, and I really will say I don't think there was as many pointing fingers at the Gus Bradley, but it was a long leash with Gus Bradley True. for years where the evidence was right there in the record. And now I think we are seeing it a little bit. It's hard to sub- to make this work long term. I brought it up the other day. Bill Parcells, big spike for the Dolphins, 11 and 5. They've been crap ever since. That didn't work. You can't sustain it. You can't sustain this either. Big spike with Coughlin, that's fine. It worked for one. But sooner or later, you have ideas. You want to change things. The other guy doesn't want to change things. It's like if you came down to our sports department and wanted to run our sports department, but I was staying there. It's like, well, 
Hey, and I, we did it this way, and it, it, and it worked real well. Like, I won two Emmy Awards doing it this way. Mm-hmm. You got a chance. Well, there you go. That's what happens. Eventually, that's what happens when you have this kind of setup. And we're seeing it happen. And Hold that yeah, thought for gotcha. a second. We'll get it on the other side on ESPN 690. Star Star 690 if you want to jump in. It's important to keep in mind that we have five games to play, and we are committed to do our very best to prepare, to practice, and to put ourselves in the best possible position to win five games, one game at a time. Is this a great challenge? Yes, it is. Will it be easy? Of course not. Coach Marone has developed open lines of communication with this team. The players' attitude is good, and our players and coaches look forward to this challenge. Tom Coughlin talking today in a bizarre press conference, quite frankly, uh, that I think fell on deaf ears most across town. Now, again, we get the feedback from social media, so it's a, you always have to preface it that way because I don't – again, it's a lot of social media feedback, uh, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, people talking. Now, I can also tell you the people that were in that room, this was kind of a similar reaction, so I don't think I'm wrong here. But I also maybe maybe there were people that liked the fact that Tom Coughlin said that liked some of it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't imagine there's nobody that didn't like it. That's the way this world works. I mean, somebody liked it. But I, I don't understand. We, again, what was that accomplishing is, is certainly the question. I got to ask you this, though, and we're going to ask some guys tonight on Jaguars All Access. We have DJ Hayden and Calais Campbell on the show. It's a Wednesday edition nice. at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale. And we have to bring this up. And, and, of course. and this is part of the conversation, although from a substantive substance standpoint there's really not a lot to bring up i mean it's more about what the presentation was that he talked and what i want to know is from your perspective as a player yeah do you, do you even notice this stuff because again i think that's important to, to some people don't read things sure they stay in their own bubble you know there's a big thought right now that the nick Foles conversation is a little tone deaf this coughlin stuff is tone deaf to what is going on outside the building by the way that's kind of reality to a degree it's not like they read everything and see everything and are listening to our show for three hours a day probably should but <laughs> what about the players when they see something like this do you think they will have the same reaction or they'll be like Roll their eyes. What's the reaction of a player, do you think? Yeah, well, listen, like, first of all, Brent, the player these days, and we talked about this before, I mean, they have access to all information, right? So 90% of them are seeing stuff. Yeah, Yeah. so whether they're just going on Twitter or just, you know, see the daily news, whatever it is, Tom Coughlin is guaranteed to pop up someplace, all right? And the fact that this isn't Doug Marone where there's a weekly press conference, so it's kind of the same thing, right? Players get accustomed to that. It's not like players are waiting by bated breath to see what Doug Marone's got to say. That's not the case at all. But Tom Coughlin, it's such a rare instance, right? Because this guy never talks. This guy never addresses the media. So the fact that he came forward and he is up there in the hierarchy of the of the front office, I guarantee players are going to see this. And truth be told, I think players are going to share our opinions of saying, "What what was that? Why?" <laughs> you know, and, and and maybe someone will be like, you know, I mean, listen, if you're a player, you can't come out and talk against your boss, right? Like. Eventually, you got to support it because you got to fall in line because you still have to collect the paycheck. I understand that. But I think if, if you're truly a player and you're not lying to yourself, you're not lying to anybody, you're going to think there was no point in, in what just happened. Yeah. I, you know, the other thing, the one thing that is grabbing the national headlines a little bit is no commitment to returning in 2020. And that's without being pushed out or fired or whatever. So, again, I, I, we've hinted at this from time to time. I don't think. 
it, I, I think if they were seven and four, I'm not sure I would sit here and tell you that 100 percent Tom Coughlin would be back. That was my feeling way back. And today, when asked about returning, he said there are five games to go. That's all he said. Yeah, there are five games to go. And quite frankly, there might be five games to go for Tom Coughlin in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be that. Uh, that's the reality. And what's starting to happen is a question we answered on Monday. It's it's amazing. We really had these conversations the last couple of days anyway. The disconnect is the legacy wearing off the shine wearing off. Is this tarnishing it a little bit? Some people will argue he's he's running the Jags into the ground for a second time. I, I don't know about that. Again, he brought him helped bring him to 2017. His name was on that. So. Uh, but what is this doing to the legacy of Tom Coughlin? You know, I think that's a fair question. I think that's that's one that time and I hate this phrase, but time will tell on. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually Tom Coughlin will be looked at as a big person in this organization's history uh, sure, in a absolutely. positive way. I yeah. think at the end of the day in the immediate right now, it's very frustrating. I think he's kind of losing people with things like this and with not talking and answering questions and being more transparent. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, if we look at it five years from now, and especially if you put him in the pride of the Jaguars during a winning year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe that would change. Hey, we have South Beach Gary on the line. Uh, before we head to a break, what's up, man? Uh, happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, guys, in all the years I've watched the NFL, I never saw an executive give up and start giving stats of players. You know what it reminded me of, guys? When uh, one party or the other, Republican parties asked about you know, the discretions of so-and-so in the Republican Party, and they start talking about, well, the Democrats did this. Or they ask the Democrats, and the, well, well, the Republicans did this. He's like, he's trying to, well, look at these good selections that we made instead of the bad uh, personnel decisions that Coughlin and Caldwell have made as far as the, the signing, giving the players of players that have underperformed or the, the re-signing of Blake Boards and all of this stuff. Oh, we made some good signings. Well, every NFL team has made a couple of good signings. Even the worst teams have made good signings, but you know, the, the, they far, uh, yeah, bad signings far outnumber the good signings. That's all the fans care about. They don't care about the individual stats. The team's 4-7 and seven and got blown out three three weeks in a row. And, you know, they don't want to hear that garbage. I mean, you may as well have not uh, made an appearance at all than to make that kind of appearance. Thanks. South Beach, Gary, happy Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, we're up against a break. But, uh, yeah, listen, I think he said well, it. Yeah. I mean, I think let's... I think he kind of what you said yeah. earlier in the show. And uh, now, listen, nobody in their right mind is going to walk into any office with a boss or with bosses listening and sit there and tell you 25 things we've done wrong and nothing we've done right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, He's got a platform to say, hey, here's what we are doing right. There is, There are some silver lining things. But where was the other stuff of what we're doing so wrong and want to fix? If you could just throw that in the mix, I can come with you on the stuff that's been good. Yeah. More of it next on ESPN 690. The nucleus of this team is young. The leading receiver is 23. The leading rusher is 24. The leading tackler is 24. And the leader in sacks is 22. We are just one of three NFL teams with multiple first-round draft picks in the 2020 draft. Change of plans. We're going to the Jaguars game. Talk me into it. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do it. One of three? One of three? Well, 
sold. I don't know if I'm going to the next three Jaguars games, but I'm definitely going the ones in 2020. <laughs> one, of, one of three teams right now, he said? Babe, one of three. Let's go. We got to go to this one. Come on. There we go. I will say this. I think this is heading toward a clean sweep. And whoever does come in here, what he just read mm-hmm. is a positive thing for whoever comes in here. We've experienced this in the past where the cupboard is bare. Yep. And now I know under, uh, I get everybody's kind of off the Foles train. But even for somebody coming in here, you have Foles and Minshew, two quarterbacks in this situation that you could you could like. <laughs> you Correct. know, yeah. <laughs> so a different it's it's totally going to be a different situation at some point in the next couple of months than we've had in Jacksonville. There has not been, I would say, this much young talent in Jacksonville at the time of a switch. Mm. Uh, well, actually, there has. I mean, 17. There was a there was a lot. But add to that the quarterback position, which is better than it was in 17, mm-hmm. uh, you would think. And the draft capital. And there will be some movement, I think, because of dollars and cuts and and there will be some salary cap stuff but i'm not going there <laughs> not yet what 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 would you have liked to hear like what would you have said from if coughlin had come out yeah and said whatever like what would make people feel better so i think first of all it, it falls on the biggest position right and it's Foles and Minshew. um who made the decision to to play Foles? Where do, where do they foresee Foles going forward now? What does he have to do to try to maintain his job? And where's Minshew right now? I mean, is Minshew just completely on the back burner, not going to see him this season? Or is there a chance for him to play? Because we know Tom Coughlin loves competition, you know, and he, he thinks that uh, the competition, uh, you know, it, it breeds the best out of anybody. So I, I would have loved to hear that, heard that addressed. Um, I would have loved to hear a little more detail about the Yannick Ngakwe stuff. And I would have heard, like to hear a little less about the stats, because like even like he, he he talked at Minshew forever, like he said Minshew's so and so, he was the uh, AFC or he was the rookie of the month, I think the month of September, yada yada yada. Oh yeah, but and, and, you know Nick Foles is still the starter, so it is what it is. So I just I think obviously the, the quarterback thing is the biggest thing. I think just the culture going forward, like what what are the plans? Like what how do you how do you go from what you've shown on the field the past three games? And what do you go through in practice? What do you go through in your coaching to change that? Because all we've heard, Brendan, I've said it to nauseam today, it's the fundamentals. We, we, we have to work better on the fundamentals. We have to – the eye discipline. But, the, but, but how? how? How do you change the eye discipline? How do you change the fundamentals? Answer the question. Yeah, we have two very good quarterbacks. We are very fortunate is what he said initially when asked about Gardner Minshew. Then I later <laughs> asked him about Foles and Minshew and why they – picked him over yeah. him and if they rushed maybe falls back because he, mm-hmm. he's been looking rusty i mean i didn't say it in that many words but uh he said nick has only played two games didn't play in the preseason he has played two football games gardner played very well did not play well in london nick was ready to come back that was the basis of the decision at that time i mean so he somewhat answered the question mm-hmm. and he kind of told you a little bit now he it, there he did say did that london game have that much influence yeah. or did he just use it as a crutch to say hold off people did you see London, you know, or was that now, again, we couldn't get that deep, you sure. know, uh, the questions were running out, <laughs> but here's the thing. I think the big one around here, if you want to reach an olive, there's two things right now you can say. Uh, oh, one last thing, by the way, he didn't, he also didn't say anything about Jalen Ramsey and he ignored that question said mm-hmm. he's not on the team anymore. And you know what? Well, then you should have said something back then. 
You know, well, and then we wouldn't have to ask it. And again, the statement is the statement. Yeah, yeah. That's different. There's a lot more to that story, man. You just cha- you traded away a player that is a franchise player. Mm-hmm. They that's when this conversation should have at least took place with the media and for the fans. So you want to and, reach out to the fans? Well, that's when it should have happened, at least to some degree. And it might have only been, hey, I'm only taking three or four or five questions on this just to let you know, but I want to at least say something about it. Of course. Never got that. We got a written piece of paper, statement, and and that's it. And now we still can't ask questions well, or and get answers on that, that situation, yeah. which is one of the bigger situations, by the way, that's happened in this franchise's history. And guess what? That question will never be addressed, because if it doesn't get addressed during that press conference today, it won't be addressed after the season, because it's like, oh, that, that's old news now. So, like, yeah, you're, the people were right to ask the question about Jalen Ramsey, and I think they should have answered that question truthfully. But like you said, the, the transparency, it's just not there. Yeah, and that's what that's the problem. Like, we've done this before with Coughlin. When he doesn't talk a lot, then you have to go back six months and ask questions about what went wrong. Sure. It was the same thing, I think, around the Bortles' time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It's like, well, you have to go catch up mm-hmm. as you're signing Nick Foles and want to ask questions about Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. You know, so, again, I, I'm not saying he should speak every week, but when there are big, poignant moments... That, to me, now you want to come back to the fans and say, hey, we we, we, we need you. We, we love mm-hmm. you. We need you. Well, if we love you and we need you so much, where were you a few months ago when you traded away our best football player? Mm-hmm. When I wanted answers as a fan. I think that's a fair question from a fan. And so, so only come out here when we know that place is going to be empty on Sunday, and we really want you to come out there. No, you know, no it's wonder why enough. it's falling on deaf ears. So I, I that's what I don't like about it. When there's big moments in this franchise and you're running the football operations, you need to get in front of the people. And I'm not saying it for the media point of view. I'm saying it for my kids who are season ticket holders, my wife, the, the neighbors. They they want to hear it. Mm-hmm. People listen to the show like the Jags, love the Jags, pay their money for the. They want to hear it. There's always this thought that it's like the media wants to know the media. No, the media wants to know because the fans want to know. Mm-hmm. They're getting asked these questions. But screw the media right then. You should be reaching out to your fan base and saying, hey, this is why we did it. We didn't want to do it. All that stuff. Why can't you say that? Why is that hard to say? So the other thing is there's two big issues, at least from a fan emotion standpoint. One is Minshew right now, right? Correct. And again, I don't know if I walk into Publix and ask 50 people and say Foles or Minshew. Everybody's like, Minshew. Social media is Minshew, all right? It's loud. Because it's the younger crowd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's The loud. crowd that's in the Minshew's on social media. And again, you've got to always be a little bit careful with that. I love the social media crowd. I'm just saying it's not oh, always, I know it's not always 90% mm-hmm. of what everybody's thinking in town. Mm-hmm. That's fair to say. Because again, I could ask, I, I think there are some people who are like, yeah, I think I, I like Foles. I think he's good. You know, I think there are people out there, even though we don't really hear from those people. They're not waving the pom-poms right now, especially after he's lost the last two football games. Sure. But the bottom line is, you know it's an emotional tug of war right now with the Minshew Foles situation. You also know, I think, that there are the most critical fans also would like number 91 to be signed here. They know they like 91. This mm-hmm. is a, they are a t- this is a guy that people want to put their arms around. They don't get it. Why isn't he signed? You let Ramsey go, you better keep 91. Mm-hmm. So those are two issues where I'm like, okay, you could have at least come out today and shed some light. 
and say something about Minshew. Say something that uh, we forced him to say something about Minshew, and it was a sentence long. Mm-hmm. But say something about Minshew. Like, let me tell you about this guy. You know, sure. let me tell you like how good. And he made it tough on us. Yeah. But we just felt. Like, why can't you say that's not just hard? Literally You're not giving secrets away if you say that. Just throw a lifeline to Jaguars fans and let that's them grasp it. onto something. That's it. Say you know what? Yeah, we're the, the negotiations with Yannick Ngakwe. They're, they're ongoing, but he's playing very well. Um, he's maintained a, a, a proper level of being a Jacksonville Jaguar, and we love him. We want him here for a while. Doesn't mean you got to sign them right now, but just give Jaguars fans something. That's what they want. They don't want stats. They watch the football games. They know how good Leonard Fournette is. They know how good DJ Chark is. They know how bad Nick Foles is playing right now. But the point is that they're watching. They understand that. They don't need stats. They need something to grab onto. And that press conference, you didn't give them anything. They're really nothing. Uh, only things to criticize. And from the Yannick Ngakwe front, the prove it comment is not good in terms of what's going on with that whole situation internally, right? Yeah. This guy now, Yannick Ngakwe, we still don't know the exact details of the offer. Here's what I can tell you. They said it was around 19 million. That's what it reported. They threw that out there. It wasn't 19 million. There were some hidden things in there that didn't make it 19 million. That's sure. not what he turned down. But there, I've told you since day one, there's been a stalemate there. There's not a lot of love lost there, I don't think, between yeah. the front office and, and Yannick's side. But Yannick comes in. He holds out, which is fine. He has every right to do that. Way better than the way Jalen Ramsey handled his situation. And now he's playing well. He yeah. played hurt, and then he played well. Mm-hmm. And he's continues to play well, and he's playing for $2 million bucks. To me, he's doing everything other than well, flipping off the and, people on TV yeah. uh, that – that that you hope that a guy would do in his situation. And guess what he did, Brent? He also showed up to OTAs and training camp. He did. Something that Tom Coughlin was very adamant about, they want 100% participation. Well, well, guess that's true. Who, well, guess who showed up? Guess yeah. who took your words to heart and showed up, even though he's doing a new contract? That's true. And he still showed up. And so that's a guy, like, to me, why they didn't spend a little bit more time today. He spent some time on Fournette. But why there wasn't more time spent on Yannick and it was a little bit short I mean, to me, that's what Tom Coughlin is all about, really, in a lot of ways. It's like, wait, you get your lunch pail and you go to work. Isn't that Tom Coughlin? You win lunch. It's grit. Well, here's a guy that doesn't like his situation. In this day and age, when guys don't like their situation, they either hold out, threaten to be traded, walk away, whatever it might be. They do all sorts of things. Again, see Jalen Ramsey. Yannick Ngakwe has come to work with his lunch pail. He's been a a good player on the field. I think he's been pretty good. I haven't heard of one thing bad in the locker room or anywhere else. And meanwhile, in the back of all this, he feels like he should be paid, and yet he's got to still prove anything. And you know what? You could even say he has a lot to prove or had a lot to prove this year, and I think he's doing it. I hope he, he finishes strong. Yeah. Right? Or I hope he, yeah. He's got five games to go. Sure. I hope he finishes strong. I hope he ends up with double. We want Yannick to play well, and we hope we can come to terms with him. We know it's a contract negotiation. We know they're not on the same page. That's not a secret, Tom. That's yeah. not a secret. Well, and, so and, at least extend out there that we're going to try to get this guy. We want this guy in our organization. Why is that so hard to say? And that also would at least give the fans like, hey, maybe we can get this thing done later in the season, in the off season. And what are fans supposed to think, or what am I supposed to think even? Anybody's supposed to think when Miles Jack gets paid, did Miles Jack prove it for his new deal? Did, did, did they go, you know what, Miles Jack, we're going to make you the top three highest paid middle linebacker in the NFL. Did he, have to, did he prove that? Did he earn it? I don't feel like he has, no. So, uh, yeah, I, it, even explaining that, 
you know, and, and he's been disappointing, I think, in terms of the contract. He talked a little bit about Miles Jack, but not much. Didn't say much. And last last thing, I had somebody text me today and said, man, they should have started that whole thing with, hey, we've signed Yannick Ngakwe. Sure. If you're going to come out in this time and you want the fans to show up, and, and again, it's deeper than that. It's not just as easy as saying, hey, yeah, we just wrote this blank check to Yannick Ngakwe and we signed him. <laughs> because we're losing and we really want people in the seats three out of the last five games. Sure. It's not that easy. But my point is, okay, if you're not going to say that, if you can't, haven't come to that, well, then why don't you throw the fans out there that like this guy, that see this guy busting his ass, and send a message back into that locker room that we see you busting this your is, ass. This is how you do it. You know, yeah. this is the way you handle things. Mm-hmm. And I hope we get this thing done. I'm rooting for that to get done. Why? Why, why is that so hard? And I think Tom Coughlin missed an opportunity when it comes to Minshew to praise his play and reach out kind of to that fan emotion and also within Gakwe and reach out to that fan emotion. Yeah. Two guys that are emo- the fans are emotional about. Mm-hmm. And it looks disjointed like everything else in that facility right now looks disjointed at Jags headquarters. And this just added to it today. If you wanted to get the fans' respect, then tell us something that we, that we don't know. Don't just... Put out stats that any fan can go on ESPN.com right now, see the stats, and be like, okay, that's how good those guys are. You didn't you didn't give us any kind of behind the scenes. And once again, Brent, you weren't transparent. You weren't transparent with Yannick Ngakwe. You weren't transparent with, uh, with Gardner Minshew. And now we're here wondering what the heck that was. Yeah, so uh, we started the segment with what should he have said? What should Tom Coffin have said if he was going to get there in front of a microphone? Uh, you know what? If he says a couple of those things, then I don't mind the plea to the fans like, hey, we need you. Don't give up on us. You know, it's five games. It looks bad, but let's stay in this thing together. I don't mind that if you give us something else. And we didn't get anything else from Tom Coughlin. We'll get a little something from John Bachman when we come back. Plus, we get stuff from you if you want. Star Star 690-904-362-9901. Hey, it's open right before Thanksgiving. You're thinking football. You're thinking turkey. You're thinking not so much fun in Jacksonville. It's a mess in Jayville. By the way, tweets are so funny, okay? So I say it's a mess. This is what I don't understand about Twitter sometimes. Ready? Here's what I said today. No, I'm not going to break yet. I say it's a mess in Jayville. It would be something if this team rallies. Sure. That was viewed as a positive tweet. Stop being so positive, Brent. It would be something if this team rallies. It's a mess in Jayville. That's positive? Hey, hey, uh, Sunshine are, are we letting tweeters get to us right now, man? That one got to me a little are bit. Are we letting the Twitter audience get to us, though? More to come on First ESPN Twitter. Don't let that happen. Sunshine and rainbows. A couple of thoughts with the media and our fans regarding our 2019 season. We know as an organization that we've put ourselves in a hole this season and specifically not performed as we had planned in the second half of the last three divisional games. I offer no excuses. You, the fans, are upset and disappointed, frustrated, and we as an organization, players and coaches, are frustrated and disappointed and suffer from remorse for opportunity lost. All right, Tom Coughlin today, Executive Vice President of Football Operations. Again, I don't think that statement there on its own was a bad statement. Offers no excuses. I think a lot of people would like to hear more solutions, you know. And I don't think he was up there making excuses necessarily. I just think solutions and some of these hot topics that we've talked about, uh, certainly the fans would like to hear about. Brent Martineau. Austin Lane, former Jags player. John Bachman steps in the day before Thanksgiving. Kuz is here as well. Haven't even really talked about Turkey Day at all, guys. Uh, we have been talking about 
you're I, I just figured something else out. It took me a while, eleven okay. months, because we we're talking about uh boxers' hands yeah. or MMA fighters' sure. hands being mm-hmm. um Registered, right? Registered, yeah. And so they're yeah. as weapons. deadly weapons. weapons. Yeah. Which means you can get arrested if you hit me. So now, <laughs> so now, <laughs> worth it. A game is on. <laughs> worth it. I know some good lawyers. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, the needling is is going top level now. Top level. How about that? Do you guys see my tweet yesterday? So I go to Wawa. That's okay. for you, Coos. Someday we'll get Wawa on. Nice uh, plug. But. Go to Wawa yesterday. I get out. I'm not even out of my car. Yeah. Like I open my door. Oh, and this I guy did see goes, this. Bleep. Yeah. I thought you were Aaron Hernandez. Be honest now. Be I honest. love it. Was, was was your hood up when you're walking into Wawa? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't you? Uh, was wow. It? it was like. I mean, I had something like this. No, on. I'm I saying was, was no. Like what was your hood? Like were you wearing your hood <laughs> no. on your head? No. Because I can maybe see that. No, like, dude, you're way too. No, I no can't see it at you, all. The dude's dead. You're you're way too quick to be Aaron Hernandez. Just, this just in: Aaron Hernandez is not alive. He's been dead for a yeah. while. Well, <laughs> I, 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 dude, and I've always said Zach Miller should play Aaron Hernandez in like the E True Hollywood story of Aaron Hernandez because apparently Miller, Brett Marno can't too. Exactly like him, but I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, Tat, that, I will tell you this. That was new. Yeah, yeah. right. And I mean, be honest, were you kind of scared? That was new and creepy, and I was <laughs> I was clearly. Flustered. <laughs> yeah, what do you say to that? You can't say thanks. No, I did not say thanks. What do you I say said, to that? I dropped, I dropped a, a bleep right back at him. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I just had to keep going. Oh, oh wow. Okay. All right. But Austin, still, have I'm you ever been mistaken for somebody else? Oh, Austin? Hey, hey, have you ever been mistaken for a murderer? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been mistaken for a crazy uh, No, lunatic? I can't say I've been mistaken for that. Uh, uh, John, usually it's Jason Momoa for me, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, outstanding. That is what it is, you know. Look it. I love yeah, it. Know, how about you, Bach? Time Magazine's it. Sexiest Man Alive. It's not this a big is deal, no big deal. It happens all the time. I went to Tinseltown. I saw Aquaman, a little kid came up to me. Why are you in Jacksonville at your own movie? I go, I'm not Jason Momoa. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Did you give him? Did you give him a little like uh, you know like the pectoral flex? You know, <laughs> 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 I certainly gave this guy at Wawa that yesterday. <laughs> I also lifted up my. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look! I'm actually alive. I'm come back. I gotta be careful with the iron. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Uh, but it, that was. It, by the way, you you don't look it, to me like anybody. Now, of course, I'm not Thanks, really man. well. I'm not like well-versed. I'm not, a great football player. I'm not, I mean, thanks, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm Appreciate not well-versed on the pop culture actors sure. and musicians yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But I would well, say it would be hard for you to – you're a pretty unique-looking character. But it's funny, though, man, because – And I say that complimentary. I think with James Harden, you know, the beard, maybe. Harden, yep. I think I told you this story before, but I was out at Jack's Beach Bar, I think, back in 2013 or 14. And I was out just with some friends hanging out just in the corner, and all of a sudden someone comes up to me, and they're like – Oh, I thought you would show your your Blank. something back in Jack's Beach, and I go, what? Like, yeah, man, I, I live in Jacksonville. What's going on? They thought I was Jared Audrick. Yeah, that's and, right. And then I guess Jared Audrick, like, when he got cut from the Jaguars, he posted this thing on Instagram saying like it's been fun, it's been like a fun vacation or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it rubbed a lot of the Jaguars fans wrong. So like when I would go out, people thought I was Jared Audrick for a second because he used to have dreads a little bit. Ah, okay, yeah. all right, all but right, all right. Like, well, listen, back of a bar. Yeah. A little darker. Yeah. I you get a lot of things. Drinks, 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 drinks are Yeah. Flowing heavily. Yeah. You Matt used, Damon hey. could come up. I mean, <laughs> Matt sure. Damon's come up for me. You should, I bet it has, Brent. You should have just... <laughs> Here we go. You should, Here we go. 
Justin Leonard's come up for me, John. Really? Back on my honeymoon. This was 20 years ago. All right. Yeah. All right. I was by a pool in Cancun, Mexico, and someone thought I was Justin Leonard. I like Outstanding. That. I like that. I didn't really like it. I'd really, I only, I'll take Matt Damon. I only ever get the kid from Sixth Sense. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. You know yep. yeah. 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 He got yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's probably your age. Though, he had a way deeper voice than you do right oh. now. <laughs> unwarranted. I don't know, man. That's how we did it. Hey, oh. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Awesome sides coming up, too, if you want them. Hey. Just let me know. Hey. That's a turkey. He's got to use something. He can't use his hands. They're registered in his face. Exactly. Outsmart him. It's the most powerful weapon, Brent. All right, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? We'll get the obligatory. What are we doing for Thanksgiving in? Right, like right now we're doing it? Yeah, okay. Uh, me personally, we're going to do our Friendsgiving at Pete's Bar, the block party. So I'll be out there. I'll be at you the Lemon Bar. About 30,000 of your closest friends. Uh, pretty much, yeah. It's going to be about like a group of five of us that always go. It's kind of like tradition now. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do that. And then I'll be home like around 1 o'clock, uh, help make the, the dinner with my family. Yeah, and, right. Uh, help. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to help at all. I'm going to watch football, actually. Hey, I, I brined the turkey today. I, I brined the turkey this morning. Outstanding. And, th- and that was my contribution. Hey, that, I mean, that's something. That was my contribution. How now, much brining did you do there, Brian? Now, did I spill the black peppercorns all over the floor and did my wife have to pick them up for me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. Okay, so that was my mistake. Gordon's closest to the floor, man. Well, that, well, so is our dog, and I don't want our dog to eat pepper, so. Yeah, so that's going to be my plans, but what do you got, John? That's outstanding. I'm, I'm sticking around here, just yeah. hanging out. Mother-in-law's in town. Yeah. I said, that I was telling you guys offline, uh, uh, the funny story that happened to me today was my mother-in-law was trying to pay me a compliment by saying, hey, you've lost some weight. You look slender. And I made a beeline yep. for the gym this morning, because yep. I hadn't been in the gym for a while, and I was, I was pumping extra iron today. I was like, the man, GNC got every supplement on the rack. I am going full Jack on. 3D, let's go. I'm not some. skipping the gym ever again. <laughs> it's not very often you're inspired by the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise your hand if that's happened. <laughs> happened to John Bachman. <laughs> and then, Brent, I mean, you, you, know, you, you, gotta, you okay. know the normal turkey route? See what I yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's Turkey <laughs> stuffing. We do oyster stuffing. We do... Oyster oh, stuffing? Oh, yeah. Sweet potatoes. Come on. But I mean, like, in the oven or, like, fried turkey? No, no. In the oven. Yeah, yeah. We don't turkey. do the frying. We don't... I like. Now, I've had it fried. I've had it with the brine. I've, I've done all of it, and I like them all, but usually we go the good old-fashioned way, and that's what we're doing this year. I'll cool. tell you what. One of the things that we have, you know, you think of th- traditions, right? You think Thanksgiving, Christmas, like, growing up, like, we did the same thing. Like, we went over to my grandparents' house after or yeah. before or whatever, and... Seem seem like you always did that. We have done such bad parenting, whether it's football schedules or the way, you know, sometimes work Thanksgiving or a lot of times Steph's family would come down this time of year. They would go to Disney mm-hmm. and I'd try to sneak a day or two in with them, but they'd go for like three or four days or the weekend. And so the Thanksgiving like at home dinner has not really occurred very often in our in our house. So sure. we did it in Albany. I started doing that fried turkey stuff. Yeah, uh, which was and I love the fried turkey. And plus, I think it's kind of easy. So way easier than the rest. Yeah, but it now, is. And now they've got these uh, smoked turkeys. It, no, but they they make it easier on the fried turkey okay. without the without the oil and and they're everything. safer oh, yeah, too. Yeah, by yeah. the way, they're a lot safer. Yeah. Um, and I don't even I'm losing track of what it's supposed to be called. But either way, are they the air fryers? You talking about the air fryers? They I do think, it with yes, air, right? Yes, rather yeah. than oil. So, well, because here's what happens with the oil. Like I like I'd rather have that with the oil, sure. and it's super crispy and it's great. But then it sits there, and I don't unload it. <laughs> <laughs> like Brett just puts in the ocean, says screw it. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I bet you don't. No, I don't do that. Uh, but, Forget this. Yeah. But I just leave it in my garage for like. 
five months. I swear, yeah. when wow. we moved, when we moved from Albany, I still like. You got the things that oh, piled up. Jeez, that's gross. Still, that is, is disgusting. Gross. It is gross. So anyway, I like this new one where you don't have to use it. It's a little bit easier on the cleanup. But uh, yeah, man, we're going. We're driving right after all access yeah. tonight. You have a, a little bit slate. of Mississippi, and we're going. Do you know my family has never been to? This is going to be big now. Where we're spending Thanksgiving. We are going to the Busy Bee and Bucky's. Oh, nice. The family has never been, and they're fired up. Wow. I would be, too. I still haven't been there myself. So we're making, I went to the wrong one. Yeah, we're going you're, talking to, about the, right. you're talking about the one on I-10? Yep. We're going to Busy Bee. Now, I've been there yep. a bunch of times, but yeah. the family's never been, but I always yeah. talk it up, and they hear about it. They're more excited about going to the Busy Bee than <laughs> going to freaking Disney World. That's sure. not uh, that we're going to Disney that's, World. Uh, well, you've been really talking it up, then. Yeah, and yeah. Bucky's as well. Uh, that's once you hit Alabama. See, it's kind of a Busy Bee. Why, now, why are you headed west? What do you got going so out there? We're, we're going to, Softball or we're something? Going to the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ring the bell. We're going with the neighbors, Mississippi State fans. Oh. And who are they playing, Ole Miss? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. All, that's all you get. Uh, By the way, that, that kind of ring of the bell is about as important to this game. <laughs> I think that's what I was getting at. Because they both stink. That's what I was getting at. But we're going to go have some fun there. And then okay. Friday, we're going to go to Birmingham, Whew. and we're going to go in between, and then Saturday, go in the Iron Bowl. Come on. Oh, wow. Auburn, Alabama. Come on. So, wow. And so the whole point of this, it's not really work-related. I might do a little stand-up here or something for our shows, but... Yeah. I wanted to take the. I want to take the kids to some of the venues in the in the SEC, the sure. ACC, and just different yeah. venues. Like last year, we went to Notre Dame, took the kids to Notre Dame, then went to the Colts game. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this year, when we were home mm-hmm. for Steph's Hall of Fame thing, we went to Ohio State. Yep. And so I want to hit these, and it's really you hard been to, to hit Kinnick them. yet. No. Okay. <laughs> just checking. By the way, uh, before going to Kinnick is Field of Dreams on my list. Uh, if I'm wow. going to end up in Iowa. So I don't know, man. Although I would like to go to Kinnick for the wave. Uh, I think you, I think you need be, to put yeah. Kinnick on your list. That's I think one of the best be traditions in all it's football. Pretty, yeah. cool. So but I digress. So I want to just see some of that stuff. And I want the kids. I want to see it selfishly, but I yeah. also want the kids to see it. Yeah. Cool. And it, we're far off away from this, but it's kind of cool because you can hit showcase a little bit some of these college campuses and they yeah. start getting the feel for that. They're not like looking. Yeah. Um, these are unofficial visits, by the way, we're taking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> under the table. Anyway, I see you. So I think it'd yeah. be cool to check out some of the college campuses and stuff like that, but uh, in the tradition. So, and the Iron Bowl will be good. Yeah. I just got to see how much it will cost for tickets. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but that's what we're doing. So I told the kids this morning we're going from the Egg Bowl sure. Thursday to the Iron Bowl Saturday to the Toilet Bowl Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. The Jags in the harsh. That is harsh. That is harsh. Uh, that's good, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not inaccurate. It's just harsh. Nine, yeah, hey, you know rough. what they are doing, though, is they're playing for the best NFL football team in Florida. Yeah, that's oh, what's yeah. happening on the line that there. Prestigious, uh, that's honor. a title. Yes, that's, that's a title you want. I love you, Jags. My kids will be there, by the way. Yeah. They were inspired by Tom today. <laughs> They didn't see it, did they? No. Okay. no. They wouldn't get it. They, they just, yeah. I will say this. This guy's angry is what they would say. I told them, I was like, you're, go, you're going to the game. I was like, we got season tickets. You're going to the game. Sure. So I'm not getting you season tickets next year then if you don't go to the so game. You signed, up, you 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 signed right. up for it. You That's signed right. up for the good and the bad, yep. and you're not old enough to yeah. have experienced enough bad in your life. That's so right. they're going to the That's game. Right. Now, Steph's a little bit more like, really? Do, do we, we have, have to? to? <laughs> I do like Steph. I yeah. got a tutor. <laughs> Look at the time. Yeah. But anyway, she probably a, could get a job, by the way. She probably could tutor that day. <laughs> Yo, no, she's got. She probably. I'm all She up. might be tutoring from the stands. <laughs> she might. Uh, but anyway, we got a lot of football this weekend. Yeah, we do. So, uh, so it'll be a lot of fun. All right, John, what you got coming up on the eve of Thanksgiving on well, Action News Jacks? Well, uh, you live in St. Johns County. We were talking about this. Is your neighborhood in that boil water alert? Yeah, we. I think we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he still doesn't know for sure. <laughs> Staff, I, if you're listening. 
Yeah. I, Find out. No, 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 she thinks we are. We so, were right on the edge of that, yeah. so we weren't completely sure, but we think we are. So last night, of course, we ran the story that, that you know, yep. JEA's got this boil water advisory for really what it amounts to thousands of families, because it's a pretty wide area. It's it's a precaution, but they did find some E. coli in one of the wells at one of their water treatment plants that serves a pretty large area. So we did that yesterday, but now we're kind of looking into why JEA didn't send out emails to everybody, because yeah. it was kind of like, oh, wait, what? That's, you know, that was sort of how everybody found out was through, through I, us. I and, found and, through and, your Twitter. Correct. That's why I'm like, correct. okay, do we need yep. to do something? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, and, and it's not like, it's, it's, there's, yeah, it's yeah. A, it couldn't have happened really at a worse time when you got family in town, unless you're one of the ones leaving town, of course. But, um, yeah, so we, what we're looking at is, well, I mean, don't they have our email addresses? Can't they? Yeah. Would, isn't there something that could be done? So we're looking in the, we're asking those questions. I can't tell you what the answers are because I haven't heard back from the reporter yet. I, I know Ben Becker's working on getting some answers and what, you know, what the policy is and whether the policy needs to change, frankly. Yeah. Well, ben Becker's trying to get answers. God bless anybody who he's asking. Well, yes, it's going to be good. You, you don't want to miss it. I, I promise you it'll be good, good tell. And here's the thing. If, if Ben doesn't get the I'm sure Ben will get the answers, but if he doesn't, Go and put me in for the release spot. I will. Spot. I will. And, and I will go, go, go to the pen and, and, and I'll shake I, some trees. Listen, and we, we'll, hey, we'll get to the bottom of it real quick. We talk. You know, we could use the, it's the good cop, bad cop, yeah. and, and calling Ben Becker the good cop is a stretch, <laughs> by the way. But but compared to Austin Lane, and, I think he could probably I understand qualify. that these hands are registered. They but are I will registered. catch a case for Action News Jacks. I, I will catch you know a case what? for I will, you guys. I will. I will. I will consider I that done. Done. I like that. With all due respect, what's up, man? And I believe that we should fix this. 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 Water advisory. Yeah. yeah. But if you're going to use the registered weapon, that's not the one else. That's not the hell. The problems down at Jack's headquarters instead. Let's go. There you go. I'm going to jail for this one answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And of course, it's the busiest travel day of the year for Americans, and uh, the airport parking is already. Uh, taxed because they're rebuilding, they're doing some expansion of the parking lots. There's construction. They've lost. I think it's like 400 spaces just on a you know a normal day anyway. So they've opened up other time. Anyway, bottom line is parking is a premium right now. So they're advising anybody who might still have flights tonight to to either get a Uber over there, or have somebody drop them off, so you don't have to f- fuss with the parking because it's uh, uh crowded. Yeah, and the weather by the way everywhere, depending on where you're going, is not great. Right, Midwest, yeah. Northeast, the Midwest, and and the West. They're like and the West, West Coast okay. getting a lot of rain, and then the Rockies have gotten a foot plus of snow, and then Minnesota, Minneapolis, Chicago, which are obviously big area you know, fly-throughs, um, getting a lot of snow and bad weather as well. My mother-in-law flew in from Colorado, and uh, she was supposed to fly in yesterday. She actually flew in uh, Monday because. It was so bad. Okay. So, yeah. I saw Boulder got 22 inches of snow. It was the third most on record, which surprised me. Was well, that for, just this for this time of year, day? yeah, absolutely. Just for the day. Oh, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, speaking of Coos, Coos is flying. You're flying tomorrow, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You, you should be an Action News Jack story like tomorrow. You, yeah, I heard him say. Find a microphone. I heard him say something about parking being an issue, and then I was like, oh, I should probably have listened to that. Take an Uber. <laughs> yeah, have somebody Austin drop you off if yeah, you can. Dude, but, I got uh, you, man. What time are you leaving? You do know an Uber driver. I, I uh, got to be there. My flight's at 7. Okay. As an AM? AM, AM. Okay. But so just right before you go to... Well, yeah, no, I mean, I can... That's fine, but the surging prices, so expect like a five <laughs> times... So we're looking at about, realistically, about 300 bucks. 
Oh. <laughs> wow. All hey, right. Do you want to get there or do you not want to get there? I'll probably just drive here and then Uber from here. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay there you go. Come d- get out of that hot zone, you know? Oh, that, that surge price will get you, man. Kuz actually tells a funny story, though, So because there's some weather up that way. So he's going through Raleigh. Okay. Tell the story, Coos. You do it. So you're. You well, I hope my parents aren't listening first. Like Nicole's not going with you, right? You're just going to sneak away for a day and a half, basically. Yes, to yes. See the I'm, surpri- I'm going to be surprising my parents. Hopefully, hopefully they're not listening they, to the I, show. I, that's what I was just. Big fans yeah. of ESPN 690. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they're not listening do right they now. They listen. They do listen. My so. God, Coos, oh, what are you doing? Well, I didn't know you were going to bring it up. So. Hi, Mom and Dad, Coos. Hi, Mom and Dad. Well, the surprise is we're all coming with him. That's the surprise. But I'm worried that I'm going to get stuck in Raleigh because of weather, which is where my girlfriend's family lives. So then they're like, it's like, well, if you get stuck, just come over here for Thanksgiving. And I would feel real horrible if I ended up hanging out with my girlfriend's family for Thanksgiving and left her here. <laughs> just, just in her Snapchat. Hey, we're having a great time without you. I want Coos to get home to see his family, but yeah. I kind of want that scenario. <laughs> yeah. the, the text play-by-play on that would be fun. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh, travel safe. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, yep. uh, we're so thankful to have the Jags here. <laughs> and there it is. There it nah, is. We are. We are. Yeah. I love it, man. Hey, well, I'm as it, thankful hey. as ever for the Jags. They have given us great radio content. If it makes it feel any better, I spent about 10 minutes today comparing the current Jacksonville Jaguars roster to Thanksgiving sides. If you want to do that later. I was literally I about to that. ask you to do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you I really did, did that? It. Yeah. Well, why, why is that a secret? You can't do all that Can homework you? and not tell us. Yeah. I, I, mean, you, I mean, I don't know. We, hey, give us, a, g- hey give, us, give us a taste Who's the of Cranberry sauce. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the cranberry sauce. Cranberries are kind of an afterthought, but when you add them to the meal, it takes it over the top. Cranberries are the one dish you didn't want, you didn't know you wanted until they're there. DJ Chark is cranberry sauce. All right. Uh, All right. I didn't like know it was going to be that good. We're, going, we're doing this next. We're doing oh, it right here. I, I can't wait for I this. Know, I can't. I, forget, we'll talk about Tom Coffin in a couple okay, minutes. Man. Whatever. I want to know right. where this goes. All right. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna have to be late for the uh, Action News Jacks <laughs> uh, newscast at 5 o'clock. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll catch John and Tanika and Mike Burrish and uh, the sports guys as well on CBS 47, Fox 35 until 7 o'clock. And then we have Jaguars All Access tonight, Wednesday, that's tonight, on Fox 30 at 7 and Jags Wired at 7.30. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Gardner played very well, did not play well in London. Nick was ready to come back. That was the uh, the basis of the decision at that time. That's Tom Coughlin today talking about the quarterback situation. And uh, really, uh, how long was that? Seven seconds, Coos? I mean, there's not a lot to digest there. Yeah. And this is where it gets us back to the whole topic that we started the show with. Really, I mean, heck, we've been going on it for an hour and 15 minutes prior to our happy Thanksgiving conversation. But uh, I, I think the lack of transparency there, this is all we have to kind of nibble on when it comes to the quarterbacks. That was a seven-second soundbite, right? It was about... 16 words that we can say, okay, what does he mean by that? And I think it opens the door of, hey, does that mean if Minshew had played better in London that things might have been different? Mm -hmm. Does that mean they knew Foles would be rusty, but they were going back to him anyway? You know, like uh, there are all these different interpretations. I saw some people come out of there today, and and their biggest uh, uh, takeaway was, well, if he is back, there's no doubt he's riding with Foles. 
Yeah. Uh, because of some of the things that he said. But again, we're guessing. We're guessing. I don't expect him to say, hey, in 2020, I'm riding with Foles. But I just feel like he could have shed some light on these two guys and show the situation we're in. That was a big situation. That was a big decision. It was a big deal that Minshew got you to this point. It's a big deal that you're moving to Foles. And what is, can you even maybe defend Foles a little bit? You know, because I think there are, are certain ways to defend Foles. I, I mentioned four plays last Sunday that if they made two holding calls that they didn't do and two catches that they made down the field, Foles would have looked probably pretty darn good in the first half. Correct. This That'd offense yeah. would have been much better. Mm-hmm. So why can't you even bring up those plays? Minshew, why can't you get us to, man, that kid did. So he has some growth still left in him, yeah. and we think we can help him grow. Well, but And, yeah, could we play him instead, but we want to? We feel like our best chance. So you can say those kind of things, man. That's not top secret. We get it, or at least give it to us, so then we can try to understand it. Especially with when you – I think it was you, because I was watching the press conference. When Coach Flip was up there, you asked him about the, the, the drive killers, the, the penalties. Yeah. And it was just – yeah, we have to work on the fundamentals. By the way, honestly, that, I'm not even getting into that much today okay, yeah. because – I don't know what was up with John DiFilippo. I don't sure. know if he's been reading articles, listening to shows, watching TV. But I don't know. I, I don't do you, know. But what do you expect us to say, though, man? Like, the offense hasn't been good, and, well, and it's simple as that. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying this is a guy that's usually very cordial oh, and, for sure. and talks. Yeah. And, and if you watch that news, I know Coughlin's the top thing right now, mm-hmm. and it should be, but John DiFilippo was short. Mm-hmm. I mean, really short. Like, Five word answer short. Oh, I, I watched it, man. Like, it was... then he, he looked pissed off. Yeah. And I don't know. And by the way, I don't really think there was a conversation. Sometimes there's a question that can get you that way. Sure. I don't think there was. Yeah. That was odd. That was really yeah. odd because he's usually, he likes to go on and talk. And he's, every time I've dealt with him, and again, I don't get down there all the time. I was down there two days in a row. I was like, I've got a streak going now. Yeah. But um, I, I was really surprised at Filippo. Mm-hmm. And I, it's getting overshadowed, but he was so short in those conversations. Uh, yeah, I later heard that he was feeling under the weather and was kind of like, that's what kind of he, he mentioned to somebody. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That was a bizarre scene. It, it felt to me like he doesn't like some of the criticism. And, it down, and I wanted to, I, I never got to this point, but I wanted to ask him. He was so short. I didn't even, I, he kind of was like, see you later. Uh, but I should have asked quicker. About Foles, you know, mm-hmm. just about this whole Foles, how he's trying to lay this foundation and go, while everybody else has been battling through this thing because he knows Foles the best. Mm-hmm. And so he could have given maybe a little bit. I should have asked a little quicker uh, to that. All right. Uh, we have Ryan O'Halloran coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the over under on how many times Ryan O'Halloran says pathetic. Oh, Vegas has it at about ten right now, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an unprecedented type of day for pathetic. It could be. Uh, <laughs> by the way, it snowed like a foot. Oh, they got yeah. snowed in yesterday. They couldn't even go to the facility. So who knows? Well, Howard might already be in a bad mood. <laughs> I just, I just picture him being like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. He's like, you know, you get snowed in the hotel, and like he's just slowly going crazy. He's watching the Jaguars press conference. Like, what is going on here? So yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him today, man. <laughs> so before we do that and get back to more of this Tom Coughlin uh, uh, news conference and and what it was, if you're just jumping in with us, you have a great experiment. <laughs> Yeah. Side dishes, relationships to the Jaguars. So basically, yeah, this is the Thanksgiving meal, and I compared it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know what, Brent? I want to get you involved in this as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the side item or the main dish, and I want you to guess who you think it is, and we'll see if you're right or wrong. Okay. Okay? Obviously... Oh. I thought that was like (laughs) Martha Stewart-like background music. You want some, like, yeah, you want some music? Uh... 
Nope, that's okay. <laughs> I don't think we need it. <laughs> that, I kind of threw me I, up a little I bit. I prefer high school musical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Brett, obviously this is Thanksgiving. The most important key aspect, I think, is the turkey. Who is it? This is the first time we're actually going to call. Uh, it's, it's a compliment to be a oh, turkey. It's a compliment. It is a compliment to be the turkey. <laughs> Who is the turkey right now of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, who's bringing the turkey? Turkey, turkey. Uh... I'd say Fournette. My man. So, listen, the turkey, without the turkey, uh, the meal is nothing. Without Leonard Fournette, the team is nothing. Um, you insert him into the game, and you have a holiday. So, there you go. Leonard Fournette is the turkey. Brent, stuffing. Stuffing. Um, is this in good context? Yeah, th- these are all in good context. They're in good well, context. most of them are. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait till we get to the bottom. Uh, wait till we get to green bean casserole. Stuffing. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like, it kind of holds everything together. Um, it's a little thick. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Calais. Okay. Stuffing is Yannick Ngakwe. Mm. Um, he was a defensive line. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if you neglect the, the stuffing item on the menu, it ruins the entire meal. Once again, without stuffing, it's just another day and it's not a holiday. So you need Yannick Ngakwe. You need stuffing to have a good Thanksgiving meal. Gravy. Oh, the gravy. That's the topping. That kind of puts everything on it that makes it taste mm-hmm. a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it, spoiler alert, it, it's a great compliment to stuffing. Uh, well, I'll go with Calais. No. I'm sorry. It's Josh Allen. Oh, so, wow. I should have got Allen. Brent, so gravy. Stuffing is great, Brent, but do you know what takes it to the next level? Gravy. Gravy is a staple, and it makes you believe that no matter how bad the dinner is, at least the gravy can come around and make everything a little better. All Josh right. Allen is the gravy. That's making everything better. It is. Even today's Tom Coughlin He's press young. conference. Yeah, exactly. Young. <laughs> come watch him play. Uh, Brent Cranberries. Who, who is this? Uh, Cranberries, DJ Chark. I already said that. You already did say DJ Chark. Uh, mashed potatoes. And, and this is a positive. Yeah, it's a positive way. I'm going to say just that, that the mashed potatoes, they got to be there. They're yeah. constant. They are. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's not a lot of flavor to them, right? There's not Correct. a lot of pizzazz. Yep. Not a lot of more substance than style. Correct. All right? Yep. So I'm you're, you're, going you're with close. I'm going with uh, A.J. Boye. Ooh, Juwan Taylor is the mashed potatoes. Right, that's I mean, you know, obviously a meat and potatoes position, it gets to be potatoes. Juwan Taylor, not necessarily the sexiest um, item out there on the field, but he's doing a pretty good job, and eventually he's probably going to be a staple on your plate or on your team. Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. Mom liked to make this. Um Spoiler alert! Right. It's not the, it's not a compliment, really. It's not. Uh, I mean, it's green bean casserole, man. Is green bean ca- green bean casserole really that staple of a Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, I think it is. Like, okay. I like it. Like, I was say, that's like on, my go-to. It was on Family Feud. I think it would get in okay. The, in the, I mean, I get it's out there, but like, is that what you're going to the table for? Nah, probably not. Gross coos. That like turkey and like the mac and cheese. The okay. tight end group. Uh, green bean casserole is Nick Foles. Like, you go get it because you think it's good for you because it's green beans, but overall, is it really that good for you? Eh. <laughs> Nick Foles is green bean casserole. Uh, pumpkin pie. <laughs> pumpkin pie. Uh, it's sweet. It, uh, most people think it tastes good. Better have some Cool Whip on it. Mm-hmm. Um, pumpkin pie. I'm going to say. A it's a what? It's a staple. It's a staple. I mean, every Thanksgiving's got pumpkin pie. But it's important. 
Are you gonna? Can I finally go Calais, or are you gonna go Lambo? No, AJ Boye is pumpkin uh, pie. I was thinking Lambo initially, I, and then I thought you were trying to talk him back into Calais. Yeah, exactly. For for Jalen Ramsey being the apple pie, kind of the outspoken one, kind of like why is the apple pie around the the meal? Like, I get it, like yeah, it's yeah. good, but then AJ Boye has always been consistent. He's always been the kind of the backup guy. But yeah. when it's his time to shine, like pumpkin pies on Thanksgiving, he's good to go. Last one, Brent. Who is the honey baked ham of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Honey baked. Have right, oh, it is good. It's really good. It's really good, like really good. It's I enjoy it. Does this have to be someone playing well? Doesn't have to be, but it probably might. Be. It I don't might know. be, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Nailed it. So Gardner Minshew is the honey baked ham, and here's why. When you go to a Thanksgiving dinner, what is the main meat? It's the turkey, right? And I get it. Turkey's, I mean, it's Thanksgiving turkey, turkey Thanksgiving. But every once in a while, you go to a party, and they have the honey baked ham. And you end up realizing that, you know what? Turkey's just an okay kind of bird. The honey baked ham is what makes the meal go. The, the, the honey baked ham is the wild card, and the honey baked ham is what Thanksgiving should all be about. Not only that, but it comes with spirals. And it comes with spirals. <laughs> Nailed it. Gardner Minshew, you are the honey baked ham of the Thanksgiving meal. I have no idea if Brian O'Halloran knows he was just compared to Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> but when we come back, we'll shine some light on this whole Tom okay. Coughlin deal with Ryan O'Halloran from snowy Denver. Pathetic over under three and a half. Next on ESPN 690. There's a lot of reasons for that. Gap integrity, mental errors, not attacking the line of scrimmage, not being in the right place at the right time. So there's a lot of getting blocked. You know, there's a, there's many things involved. So what can be, what can take place to be improved is to take care of some of the things I just mentioned. Gap integrity. I did ask Todd Wash. I said. Should we really be talking about gap integrity in week 13? You know? Yeah. And how do you fix it? He said, yeah. I've been trying to fix it for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this real quick before I bring Ryan O'Halloran. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, an hour to go before Thanksgiving holiday. By the way, I have not said this, uh, but we won't be on tomorrow or Friday. So we'll, we'll do it all over again on Monday mm-hmm. um, and start it up. But uh Take a break from Thursday and Friday. And I think uh, we'll have ESPN programming in the afternoon here on 690. Just normal programming, of course. We actually have a football game tomorrow, right? We have the 4 o'clock game? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, I wanted to let you know that. But are there some teams that you've played on before in terms of – I'm not trying to make anybody sound look dumb. Sure. I'm just saying sometimes people have good IQ Mm -hmm. and savvy to play the game instinctual and then there are some that might be talented football players but don't sure because in my opinion it's like it's like in baseball and base running that's what gap integrity means to me it, like the little things of baseball the nuances of baseball the sport that i play yeah. be like you you can play like i tell the kids this all the time like hey you can see he might your, your teammate there might not have known how to do this when you're 12 years old i can guarantee you if you ever play in college there's going to be a guy that doesn't know how to do it either Sure. <laughs> it just happens. Like, yeah, yeah. Manny Ramirez was a dumb baseball player at times. Yeah. He was an unbelievable hitter and an unbelievable baseball player, but he was a dumb baseball player at times. Manny being Manny became a thing. Yeah. So my point is, do you play with some guys that just they the just don't IQ. get it sometimes? To me, that's what the gap integrity, integrity kind of means. Because other than that, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. it's normal football. That's common football stuff. I mean, they've been teaching this stuff since the spring. Yeah. It's it's you're, if you're playing in your base defense, fundamental defense, 
How do you not know that by now where you should belong? And the, I mean, it's a great point, Brent. And the easy answer is to say, well, yeah, if you can't stay, if, if you say you have the B gap and you can't stay in your B gap, then you would say that your football IQ is lacking, correct? But the problem is, is that if you look at the defensive line, Brent, everyone's making mistakes. You have Calais Campbell, who at the time last year was playing to maybe a Hall of Famer type of, you know, uh, career. Um, he, he's making mistakes this year. Like, the the whole point. team is. And well, so, that becomes a little bit of what you said, right? Trying to be too much of an athlete and, and make a play and press. Exactly. And trying to change the game with one play. And, and this, is the, this is the problem, you know? And I think it's not just a problem on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's kind of a problem all around where every single play is recorded now, right? Everybody can watch basically every single play and see what you do. And in doing that, I think players try to go out of their ways to make more plays. What they don't realize is that if you go out of your way to, you know, to make a play, and I get it, Brent, we celebrate those type of players, right? We, we celebrate the Khalil Max. We, we celebrate the Von Millers who, you know, they, they're not a robot. Maybe they'll, they'll go inside when they're not supposed to, but guess what happens? They make that tackle for loss. They make that quarterback sack, even though they're not doing their job right. And that's what happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. But the problem is, is that if you take too many chances, you're eventually going to get burned. Mm-hmm. So, so, do I get mad when Clayus Campbell maybe looks inside a little bit and is supposed to be on the outside? Yeah, maybe if you're a Jaguars fan, you should be mad, but he's just trying to make a play. The problem is when it keeps on happening over and over and over again. What you want to do first is play discipline, and then when it presents itself, then you go try to make yeah, the play. you got to pick your spots. you got to pick your spots. Right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not picking their spots. Oof, they are not. Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post joins us right now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Of course, uh, covered the Jaguars with the Florida Times Union. All right, man, you're snowed in. I don't know if you heard, but Austin compared you to Jack Nicholson in The Shining. All work and no play mix. Rhino Hatter and a dull boy. And, <laughs> and uh, go ahead. Well, we made it there. We got about 9 to 12 inches yesterday. Um, and uh, so they practiced inside today. I got a crisp 27 degrees in the car. But um, it should be 50 by next week. <laughs> uh, well, you watched, I think, from afar uh, the news conference today. Go ahead. <laughs> the platform is now yours. Um, well, Jalen Ramsey's press conference is no longer the worst one of this Jaguar season. Um, I thought it was pathetic. I thought it was a debacle. Um, I thought it sent the wrong message to a fan base that wants some kind of reassurance that this organization does have a plan from the top on down, and none of that was delivered. It was a classic Coughlin move. It's trying to intimidate people, try to come out with a loud voice, read the stats, try and stay positive, yet not be accountable. Not one time did he say, I have to do my job better. Not one time did he say, hey, this Jalen Ramsey fiasco, this was my doing, but my staff did a good job getting two first-round picks for him. So it was typical, Tom. I mean, I'll never call it a waste of time, but it just shows you that there's no leadership and he should be removed after the season. Ryan, when if you're a Jaguars fan right now and you watch that press conference, obviously you're frustrated. Do you direct your frustration more towards Tom Coughlin or do you go towards Shad Khan, who really was kind of the mastermind behind this whole thing, we think, and kind of told Tom Coughlin, listen, you go out there and you explain what's happening. Well, I thought it was a great move by Shad uh, because, you know, he sees Doug Marone, you know, sort of dying on the vine a little bit. Mm. And, you know, I think from Shad's perspective, I, 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 would, I would look at it as a test of, of your executive vice president. How does he handle the scrutiny? How does he handle the criticism? He looked totally flustered and off guard when the question was asked, would you make a Doug saying yesterday that he gets criticized inside the building? 
his response was, well, that's between me and Doug. Doug Maroon didn't think so yesterday. He said it publicly. So I think he should have been ready for that one to say, hey, there are a lot of discussions that go on every day in this building, and sometimes they're not pretty. To answer your question, Austin, right now I point the finger at Tom Coughlin, but if he is still employed after the 1st of January, then you look at ownership and say, Shad, what are you doing? What's your plan? You know, is it Dave Caldwell coming back into power as the GM on the basis of the trades he's made? I would say yes, and then have him make a decision on the coach. But if I'm a Jaguars fan, I did not get a lot of confidence about the future out of today's press conference. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to hang on to. That's what we've been talking about too, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, it just give us something, right? If you're a fan, give them something. Give them Minshew-related. Give them Yannick Ngakwe-related. Give them something to hang on to now that Jalen Ramsey's gone. The last month has been a waste because you've just been a debacle. The worst team in the NFL right now quite frankly, after these last three performances, even over the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins, the Washington Redskins. I don't know how you can shake it out in any other way. They're the worst team in the NFL, the way they've performed these three weeks. So give the fans a little something, and we really got nothing out of it. It seemed more of a charade, and if it was a ploy to try to get people in the stands on Sunday, I don't think it's working. Um, and you could have actually had that message, in our view, by giving the fans something else. Again, Minshew-related, Foles-related, Yanni related and still have that message of hey stay with us here stay with us but what do the fans have to grab onto right now nothing i mean and you know i've had to write this kind of story a a lot and and you're watching afar you're okay okay where's your nut graph and tv and radio where's your where's your lead soundbite i didn't really get anything out of that and one thing if you know that should have been calculated on tom coughlin's part was Okay, this is the first time I'm talking since Telvin Smith retired, who would, who would rather not get paid than play for this organization, and also Jalen Ramsey, the trading of your best player in a situation that you started. Not one time did he say, hey, I should have been out front on that. You know, maybe Telvin isn't the plans for the future. Instead, Ramsey's a part of another – I can't talk. I'm not, Ramsey's a part of another team uh, in the Rams right now. Well, he had no problem talking about Eli Manning on the Giants earlier this season after he got benched. So it's just you – know, you're talking out of both sides of his mouth. And um, the, the, the funny part is when he gets on the podium and leaves the podium, it makes Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell look like sympathetic figures. They have to deal with this guy every day. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. We said that about Doug Marone yesterday. I think, uh, you know, he, he comes across as a likable character in this whole plot because of the fact that he will at least admit that he's he gets the fans, right? He's a fan of the Yankees. He gets mad at throwing stuff at the TV, those kind of things. Yeah. Just he, at least he gave someone a relatable nugget. Now, they might still want him fired and they, they might think he's a bad coach and they might be so fed up with what went on the last month and, and that might come to a head. But at least there's something relatable with a guy like uh, Doug Marone in this situation. It doesn't appear to be that way right now. Like It feels like there are there are thoughts around here right now that Nick Foles, the way he is kind of preaching and talking about culture and building, is t- a bit tone deaf to what the fans are feeling. And I think Tom Coughlin came across that way as well today. I totally agree, especially on Foles. And, and, and I'll give you this analogy: he's got what a four-year contract, and so he's talking about the future and building for that. Well, a lot of those coaches don't have four-year contracts. They're playing for these last five games, in which they're you know, or else they got to pick up sticks and move again. So, you know, from Nick Foles, I wanted to hear a little bit more urgency yesterday. Say, hey, the product we've put on the field as Jaguars the last two weeks, the last three weeks, has been unacceptable. And as the quarterback, I have to lead the charge to fix this. And I, I'm going to say some things in the locker room and be a leader this week. Instead, we, you know, get 
what we got. And then the next day we have the head of your football department um, basically refusing to talk about Yannick Ngakwe. You know, because you got a question about Ngakwe and his contract. Okay, if you don't want to talk specifics in the offer, that's fine. Well, spin it around, Tom, and say, hey, this guy is a premier pass rusher in this league, and we want him here for the foreseeable future. Okay, that gives you a little bit of something that, hey, Maybe they've overlooked some of the holdout stuff, and he is a part of their plan. And then the, and the part that got me is saying Miles Jack played well against Tennessee. That's definitely not what a fan wants to hear. <laughs> well, exactly from the standpoint, too, where they're throwing stats at the fans saying, well, Jan is, you know, he's got well over five and a half sacks again this year, and he's on trend to get more. And then all of a sudden, so you, like, you use him as a positive, but then when you get asked about his contract, then you throw into a negative saying, well, he still has a lot more to prove. You know, like – to me, you have to either stay in a lane and say, yeah, we're, we're committed to Jan or we're not committed to Jan. But you, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, and then also, also during his opening statement, Austin, he re, he related to how young this team is. Yet yeah. then he says, well, that's no excuse for the record. Yeah. Well, is it or isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Talking to Ryan O'Halloran here from the Denver Post. Um, Ryan, you know, and this has kind of been a story, really, to me at least, since Jalen Ramsey left, where there's obviously a disconnect between the head coach um the Tom Coughlin, you know, the, the vice president, and possibly Dave Caldwell. And I get it. The, like, that NFL is any business, and there's always going to be disconnect from the top brass. But I can't rec- recall, recall a time where I've seen it actually boil over into the media. I, I'm reminded of when Jalen Ramsey left and Doug Marone's literally looking down the hall saying, I wish I could tell you guys something, but I have nothing for you. That's not my job. And he's literally looking down the hall for someone to come try to bail him out. And then Doug Marone comes again a, a couple days ago and says, listen, as far as the way I've ran things, I've even you know kind of got some crap from the own front office. So have you seen this, you know, covering teams in the NFL, have you seen really just the front office and the head coaching just kind of just be on completely different pages like it has been and boil over to the public eye? Uh, I haven't, and it's startling. And I covered the Redskins, who were a dysfunctional franchise for eight years, and not once did you you hear this infighting out in the public. And I don't know if infighting is the best term. Is is this just a disconnect in terms, you know, Doug Marone sounds like a guy that doesn't really feel like he's getting supported uh, by the front office. Um, you know, after that Ramsey trade and all that happened, if Dave Caldwell was authorized to speak and he was running the show, he would have talked. You guys know that. That's what he did before because one of the reasons why he talked so often during Gus Bradley's uh, regime was he didn't want to feel like Gus was being hung out to dry for the struggles of the team. Uh, Doug Marone has been hung out to dry this year for the struggles of the team. And today didn't really help anything. Um, and, you know, if you're Tom, get in front of that because you know what Doug has said specifically after the Ramsey trade and specifically yesterday saying, hey, you know, these are powerful personalities. This is a competitive environment. We are going to have disagreements, but we are on the same page. Trust me on that. Okay, take it for what it's worth, but at least he said something. Instead, he says that's between me and Doug. Totally, totally soft. Yeah, well, and I think in, a, in that vein, you know, from a transparency point of view, Ryan, I, I just feel like Tom maybe doesn't think that we're all assuming these things are happening or, or kind of insi- they're insinuating and we're guessing and or, or we're saying, hey, this could be happening. It's almost like I get that people in the building and you have to understand this. And Ryan knows this. People in the building do have blinders on sometimes. And mm-hmm. so they can be a little bit tone deaf to the outside. They sometimes avoid that. They know a little bit here or there. But again, they're not listening and watching every TV show, every radio show, reading social media. They're not involved that way like we kind of are from the outside. 
So I get there could be a little bit of a disconnect. But this is almost like, hey, we know what's going on. You guys don't know. You guys are dumb. You're not going to – I'm just going to say this, and it's going to gloss over it. Well, no, it's not that way. I mean, we we kind of get it. I mean, Doug kind of said it yesterday. We we said it Monday before even Doug said it. We said there was a disconnect. This thing's not going to work because – it blew up this month in the wins and losses. You know Tom Coughlin would never sign off on the way Doug Marone did this in August. He just wouldn't. He's never done that in 50 years of being around football. And when it blew up and now it's 0-3 in the month of November, that was going to look bad on Doug. And, well, that does look bad on Doug, so at least acknowledge it. Doug mm-hmm. kind of did. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and the fact that Doug pointed it out at a press conference setting means it has to have, it has to have a response from his boss. And not the, um, well, that's, you know, we're talking about that behind the scenes. Well, you know, this is not some blind question. I mean, you cannot, I mean, we're not the brightest people in the world, but we're not damn idiots. Um, there's a reason why we have gotten to this stage. We've done some things right as reporters, and we have this guy come in basically just calling us morons. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a joke. And um, the, the organization is paying the price. Hey, Ryan O'Halloran with us from the Denver Post. I do want to ask you one more thing about transparency. See, I've been watching Jerry Jones this week, and, you know, I think a lot of people have wanted to hear from Tom Coughlin. Would like to maybe hear from him more periodically. Around the Jalen Ramsey time, he should have talked. I think he should have. That was a bold move, a big move in this franchise's history, and especially in their tenure uh, with this regime. And he didn't talk. It was just a statement, and that was it. And so now you got to ask him about those situations once we get him in front of a microphone here today, and that's months old. But I think Jerry Jones talks too much. Like, he has to say something Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday about Jason Garrett because they've got a game on Thursday, so he's backpedaling because of some of the emotions and the words that he felt on Sunday. But you've covered a guy that actually has been transparent at times and I think is probably one of the executives in the NFL that talks more often than not, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but John Elway seems like he is at least forthcoming and makes himself available at certain times. Shed some light on that, and do you like the way he handles it from at least a transparent point of view? Well, on Jerry Jones first, he's in a separate category. He's the owner and the GM, so you treat him as an anomaly. Um, As far as John Elway, he does a weekly radio spot, which I mean, some people in this market breathlessly transcribe and put on Twitter 10 minutes before the head coach talks. Uh, John has made himself available for big moments this year, probably four or five times since the start of camp. Okay, that's good. Um, Dave Caldwell was the same way when he was running the Jaguars as the GM. He's been muzzled the last couple of years. So I think the transparency thing is, is important, and you, hit it, you, hit, you made a good point, Brent. There's a lot of ground to cover today with Tom Coughlin because, A, you don't know how long it's going to be until you get him again, and it's been a long time since you got him in the first place. Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Unique Ngakwe, the quarterback situation. There's a lot of ground to cover there, and you know, that's, where the, that's where the disconnect between the Jaguars front office and the media is. There's a lot of, we have to ask about all this stuff because we don't know when we're going to get you again. The Jalen Ramsey stuff by him should have been addressed even in his opening statement, direct the narrative that way. Yeah, it's a weird situation here in Jacksonville, no doubt about it. All right, just about some football real quick. Uh, You've got some uh, Thursday games, Thanksgiving Day games. The story of the league right now is Lamar Jackson. Can anybody stop him? I think we've had those conversations uh, day in and day out. Where are we headed over the final month of the season, in your opinion, is it San Francisco, 
Baltimore, New England, maybe throw in, what, a Seattle? Uh, who are the best teams in the NFL right now, uh, I guess, outside of Baltimore? Yeah, well, it's, it's an NFC-heavy top of the table right now. I mean, the, the NFC playoffs are going to be a bloodbath because you could have Seattle at 13-3, and maybe Minnesota 12-4, and having to go on the road as wild-card teams yeah. and be favored. So... Um, I think the NFC right now goes through San Francisco because they are so balanced on offense and defense. Uh, but Seattle is getting hot. Minnesota is getting healthy, and they're getting hot again with Cousins. So a lot there. AFC is a different story. I think that it goes through Baltimore if they have home field. And what struck me about their offense the other night was it just looked like they were playing at a different speed than other teams in this league, which means they have a lot of fast guys led by the quarterback, but also – how Jackson knew how to avoid punishment. That's good. that's what's going to keep him as an effective running quarterback while he continues to fine-tune his passing game. So uh, I do think I mean, the, the Thursday games are what they are, but the marquee games are San Francisco-Baltimore on Sunday, New England-Houston on Sunday night, and Minnesota-Seattle Monday night. The Thanksgiving games are almost like a warm-up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. At least it's something to do, right, <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, I, I, let me ask you this question. I don't know if you know, and I probably should know more so. I believe the network probably protected that Baltimore-San Francisco game. Have you read anything else on it? Quite frankly, I haven't. But a lot of questions about why is that a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Yeah. Have you heard anything? Um, well, well, the first part, I think, you, is, is like the CBS has the doubleheader game. So uh, that's why it stayed at what uh, one, e- 1 Eastern. Yeah. I, think they, I, I just don't think NBC wants to get in the practice of moving Tom Brady out of primetime. Yeah, good call. Um, and because, okay, save one of your save one of your changes for later. I mean, they changed the, the Green Bay San Francisco game, but I mean, it should be at least a four twenty five national game. But it's not Fox's doubleheader week. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, that that might be you know with Brady playing on Sunday night, that is a big factor. You want to move Tom Brady out of that slot in New England. It's a big market, although that makes a lot of sense. It certainly does. Hey man, I don't know uh, what you're doing for Thanksgiving out there other than shoveling snow, but uh, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Okay, you guys, too. Appreciate it now. All right, thank you. Uh, that's Ryan O'Hallon from the Denver Post. Highly disappointing, by the way. Well, only one pathetic. He, 30 seconds into the sh- into the conversation, oh. he dropped pathetic. And I'm like, oh, here I we thought, go. Here we are oh, on the are. money, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's all we could get him. We yeah. didn't ask enough good questions, I guess. I guess not, man. That falls on us. I did. Uh, I want Ryan O'Hallon banging down the door at the X saying, here's Johnny. <laughs> he we was didn't good, get though. that. Oh, he was good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew he'd be good on that oh, topic. Oh, he was fantastic, yeah. Uh, this, and I think uh, he kind of reiterated a bunch of things we talked about earlier in the show as well. Yeah. Uh, the Tom Coughlin situation continues to be the talker in town here on the day before Thanksgiving. We have some picks to make of all those oh, games. Oh, yeah, So let's it. do that. When we come back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll tell you who to put your money on tomorrow. Save your money. By Turkey. <laughs> Next. There's still a chance to have a winning product. A lot of good things have to happen in the last five minutes. Yeah, a lot of good things have to happen in the last five games for the Jags. I, I think I asked you this just how much how many do you think they win of the next five? Like where are you at with it? Honestly, I'm about two. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah. You know, and if you correct it quickly enough. Could I see them winning a third game? Yeah, because that's sure. what happens in the NFL, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand that they look like the worst team in the history of the game right now. But what happens in the NFL is teams go through these little things for two or three weeks, and sometimes that kills your season, which this one probably just did. But then you kind of find yourself, find your way out of it. Nick Foles maybe starts playing better, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of they're, – they're leading in games. Yeah, those, it, that's not like – 
far off to say they would win two or three games out of this stretch. And and that's not even like pie in the sky, sunshine and rainbows. Oh, I hope they win all five. I, I just think reality is that they probably won't lose eight in a row to end the season. One thing about Doug Marone's teams, though, in Jacksonville, they have been very streaky. They got streaky in 17 when they went on the run. They got streaky last year when I think they lost nine in a row. Mm-hmm. They've been trendy this year, two down, two up, two down, two up, now three down. And so it's been interesting like that for whatever reason. That might be totally coincidental. So maybe they do go on the slide and stay on the slide. Uh, again, I think the feeling in the locker room and even what Tom Coughlin referred to on the practice field is that these guys still have it together. Yeah. You know, there's an energy and excitement about them to play the game. That's what you worry about, because if that goes away and you're walking around there like it's a, a morgue and it's dead man walking, mm-hmm. it's hard to get up and play football, I think, on a Sunday when you've been like that all week. So that's the one positive in terms of winning football games, which I know the fans are now are to the point where it's like, well, if you lose, you get a better draft pick. I get it. I'm but just you, saying the, the players aren't the like The players that, don't right? care about that. Yeah, absolutely not. And listen, as I look at the remaining schedule, and this is what I was worried about with Tennessee, is Tennessee, when they played the Jaguars last Sunday, they were still playing for a playoff spot, right? They, they had everything to gain and everything to lose from the Tennessee Titans' perspective. And they came out and they took care of business. And when I look at the Raiders at 6-5, and five, when I look at the Colts right now at 6-5, and five, I mean, those teams, realistically, when the Jaguars play them, those teams will be fighting for a playoff berth. And to say, you know, I mean, well, the Jaguars should, you know, be playing just because they want to play. And I get that, but all, there's just a little, there's a little extra oomph uh, on those teams. There's a little extra studying that goes and There's a little extra just effort, I feel like, especially in preparation, like teams like the Raiders and the Colts, where it's like, you know what? We still have a chance to go to playoffs, so we have to give everything that we can do in order to win these games. And then with the Chargers as well, you get nervous because, well, now you got Gus Bradley coming back. Don't tell me Gus Bradley doesn't want to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously. So maybe he's game planning a little bit more on defense. So you, you have a lot of teams with a lot of incentives right now. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I was going to get to this and then the Tom Coughlin stuff won the day. But mm-hmm. earlier in the week, I asked, who is like a Jags killer? You know, mm. and uh, we had some sarcastic responses about the Jags front office. <laughs> Tom sure. Coughlin was an answer to a lot of it and yeah. all that stuff. But uh, Nick Foles was an answer mm-hmm. to something. But my point was, who was really over the years? You know, if you think about Tennessee, Jeff Fisher, you know, people hate him. Uh, and that, But that's not from a player standpoint. Derrick Henry uh, feels like a Jags killer right now. But you yeah. mentioned Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers is a guy who has owned the Jags, except mm-hmm. for that one year where they – and they would have won that game. They got – Jags got three opportunities – to win that game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Blake tried to give that game away multiple times, and they ended up winning the football game. But Phillip Rivers has owned the Jaguars in recent memory. So just to that point, yeah. we didn't get to him. Maybe we'll get to it a little bit later on down the road. Um, but Derrick Henry certainly fits that bill sure. right now. Hey, big news uh, right now that we're yeah. following on Action News Jacks and John Bachman tweeting, and we have Sky Action News Jacks up and about in Queens Harbor because police activity outside a home owned by former Jags player telvin smith the home is in queens harbor uh all we have is that right now there's activity uh we've heard from some that there's a lot of activity we've heard a bunch of different rumors and some sources but not enough to confirm so i'm not going there right now but uh, yeah. information is being gathered uh by uh, our, our news folks action news jacks uh, and and of course we're trying to work on the story as well uh from here but uh, certainly not good news for Telvin Smith in one way, shape, or form. What this is, we don't know. Uh, and I, I got to be, determined, yeah. I gotta be honest with you. We hear these things sometimes a lot, hmm. 
that something might have happened, right? Or this happened, or what? Like, over the bye week, you hear so many things, and then you, you can't find anything on it. So now this, I think, there's a visual of. Well, so yeah, we have I mean, the visual. There's a lot of, of police line outside someone's house. Something happened, you know. Well, something happened, or at least being questioned, questioned about, about that, happening, right? Yeah. And so, in all fairness, uh, until this kind of figures itself out for, to Telvin Smith. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the 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 length of it, the the severity of it, the if it's anything. Yeah. Uh, but right now, there's some kind of activity going so on. Tell me. I mean, yeah. holy cats! I mean, what what it, what do you, what do you what do you think about this last month? Just think about this last month. I th- I wrote it down earlier when we were talking about the show, and I almost have to refer back to it because there's so many things. Think about in the last month what's happened. Shad Khan in London says the yeah. comments about, you know, is there enough of an appetite in Jacksonville for football when asked about another game over in London? Pissed off the fans. Yeah. They bench Minshew. Mm-hmm. Pissed off the fans. Mm-hmm. Lose three straight games in embarrassing fashion. Pissed off the fans. <laughs> Foles seems a little bit tone deaf and not playing well. And yeah. a couple of that with Minshew not playing and that's pissing off the fans. And now Coughlin today, and then who knows, we might cap this day off with With something with Telvin Smith. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Listen, I'm the most positive guy in the world, but there's no other way to say it other than what we've been saying all week long. There is a disconnect in Jacksonville. It is ugly in Jacksonville right now. It's a mess in Jacksonville, both on the field, in that building, off the field. And there's really no other way to slice it. I mean, you have to call a spade a spade, and it's bad right now. There is nothing positive coming out of there. Even if Tom Coughlin read us that script of all the young guys doing well, there's really no general feeling of positivity that you can even grab onto right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no positivity, Brent. And what makes it even worse is that the fact that there's no excuses anymore. Right, the team is healthy. They're, they're not rebuilding. They had the roster that they wanted. All the guys came in after the bye week ready to roll. Uh, there, there's no excuse for it, and, and and to me, that's that's the most frustrating point where you can't point a finger at one thing and blame it. You know, I mean, it is it is a collection. It, it's it's a collective, and um, if if you're a Jaguars fan, man, this this like I said, I, mean, I get it. They're four and seven, and there's been worse seasons. There's been two win seasons here in Jacksonville, but I think with the expectations put up, put out before them, I think this year might be one of the worst years, if not the worst year, in Jaguars franchise history. Yeah, it's certainly uh, not going well, and it's really so changed far. in the last we'll month. Yeah. You know, in the last month, uh, I just mentioned all those things that really have happened in the last four weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is late can, October to we can talk the month about, of November. We can talk about Talvin like, wanting, you know, wanting out, Tom Coughlin calling out Jalen and yeah, Talvin. We back. can talk about Jalen on the sidelines. I mean, man, it's just it, it's been nonstop. And let's be honest, from a radio perspective, it's good from us. But from a from a fan's perspective, from a team perspective, not good. No, not at all. Uh, hey, we do want to get our picks in. So let's rip through some of these them, yeah. uh, picks. And uh, we got a bunch of college games. This is the cool part. We've hardly talked college football all week. Uh, nobody's complaining, though, so that's okay. <laughs> Ohio State at Michigan. Uh, the Buckeyes favored by eight and a half. They've owned the Wolverines. But Michigan playing about as good a football they as they've played in a long time. They're hot. Yep. Are they hot enough? And it's been, and this is at the big house as well. Ah. Let me ask a question real quick. Do you think Jim Harbaugh's job's on the line with this game? No, I don't. Do you think he's safe? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel that. I get what you're sure. saying, but I don't feel that. Go ahead. You but know what? I'll tell you what. It adds a lot to him 
sooner or later, again, I always go back to John Cooper. Yeah. I brought him up yesterday. But the, the story in Columbus, go look at John Cooper's record in Columbus, Ohio, and it was really good. He could not beat Michigan. When I was in college up there, he could not beat Michigan, and that was the talk. I think it was nine out of 11 years, I want to say, and I might be wrong on that, but you yeah. get the idea. Yeah. And he just could not beat him. So Harbaugh will run into that. Though he's got a lengthy contract there at Michigan, and he's done a lot of good things. Uh, not enough good things, but he's done enough good things, I think, to keep him yep. at least not on the hot seat just yet. But I tell you what, beating this team would be a big feather in his cap to buy him more equity there in Ann Arbor. So I don't see it happening, and I see Ohio State covering. I think, listen, if I go by history with Ohio State, eventually they're going to have that game where they just kind of lay an egg and they don't come out and perform well. Now, you could say it was Penn State last weekend, but all th- to be fair, Ohio State had a chance to blow that game off, a couple turnovers, a couple penalties here, and it kind of cost them a lot of points. So they, they dealt with Penn State fine. And I think with the, with the way Ryan Day's got these guys playing in all three phases, man, and, and, and I get it, Michigan surging, but it's not going to be enough. I have Ohio State covering. You know what? I do too. Yeah. How about that? Um, I've got uh, the Buckeyes covering, even though I'm kind of rooting for Michigan to do well in this game. I'd As like to see them win the game. Yeah. I'd like to see Michigan be relevant. I don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of like, well, just I, early on, I liked what Harbaugh did. Now sure. it's kind of, all right, come on, dude. You yeah. got to do something else. Um, but, uh, Especially since Ohio State's had their number the past, it seems like, decade now. So, uh, Okay, what else we got? Alabama at Auburn. I'll be there at the Iron Bowl. Anybody got tickets? I'll buy them from you. Alabama, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking Alabama. You know why? Because when is the last time you could get Alabama three and a half? Yeah. That's it. Yep. How about and, that? And obviously, Tua being out's got a lot to do with that. But I'm also taking Alabama, man. Just way too much offense. You know their defense is still going to be around. Give me Alabama with the three points, please. Yeah, that's uh, kind of an easy one, it feels like. Unless Vegas has something that we don't, man. You know how Vegas rolls. Wisconsin three at Minnesota. Wisconsin is sure. favored over Minnesota. Now, yeah. Olivia told us yesterday we were doing our Take Your Pick podcast, yep. and she said that Wisconsin had won 14 in a row in this until She's last, correct last year. year. And now Ty just told me, Ty told me today, he said that series is 60 wins, 60 wins, and two ties. Yep. Yeah, this, so this is for Paul Bunyan's ex. It's one of the oldest, if not, I think the oldest, uh, you know, like trophy game um, in college football. It's at Minnesota. Uh, Last year was at Camp Randall, and like, listen, it was it was a big upset, it was a big shock, and it was kind of what put PJ Fleck on the map, Brent. Man, do I go with my heart or my head? Uh go ahead and give me Wisconsin, cause go ahead and give me the run game. Um, probably gonna be a cold weather game, maybe some snow on the ground. I like the running game more of Wisconsin than I do of the high powered offense of Minnesota in that kind of weather. Assuming it's there, um, I'm taking Minnesota. Fair enough. I, I think they've got so much to play for. I know that that one little hiccup against Iowa. I think being at home, and you know what else I like? I think rivalry rivalries are streaky. Yeah. So fourteen in a row for Wisconsin. I'm not saying now Minnesota's going to win fourteen in a row, yeah. but they might win a couple to a few in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take them this year. I'm taking uh, Minnesota to win that football game. Uh, I just totally lost my spot. Florida, Florida State. I got so many people texting me about Telvin Smith right now. I'm trying to do picks in Telvin <laughs> Smith and with with our news folks and everything else. So uh, bear with me. Good but, man, uh, Florida, Florida State, 17 and a half point favorite for Florida. Yeah, uh, against Florida State. Man, it's a lot of points, but go ahead and give me Florida. I I, I feel like Florida State's been obviously a disappointing season. Um, 
The one thing that Florida I think surprised at least me this year is the fact that they're explosive, man. That they, they have those big play capabilities, even though their quarterback's not really that dual threat guy, but they can pass the ball. So go ahead and give me Florida with the points. We have not talked much about this football game. I think Dan Mullen is a step on your throat kind of guy. Yeah. And when he smells blood in the water, I think he wants to really like the fans want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think Mullen is that. I think he wants that to happen. Oh, he knows yeah. there's blood in the water. Mm-hmm. The only thing about this game though, Odell Hagan's this is it for him. This is like his Super Bowl. For, uh, it's, it's for like Florida a swan State. Song, yeah. Well, it's either that or it's like, hey, you're getting the job. If they could somehow find a way to pull an upset, and I don't think that's happening, sure. but if they could somehow find a way, it's like, how do you not seriously, seriously, seriously say, hey, you know what? These kids love to play for this guy. Yeah. We'll go get them a lot of help, and we'll do what they did with Eddie O. You know, yeah. um, so I I think I'm going to take FSU. It's kind of a blind faith thing. Mm-hmm. Out of 17 and a half points in a rivalry game, a lot of pride. a lot of things can happen. In a rivalry game, yeah, that's the thing. I, Throw gonna, the logic out. I'm going to take FSU. They are not that good of a football team, mm-hmm. so I'd be concerned if I was a Knowles fan. But I'm going to take the 17 and a half points anyway I respect it. Uh, to do it. Let's go with the NFL. Bills and the Cowboys. Six and a half points for the Cowboys. Against the Bills tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day with all the Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett and poor play from Sunday spinning around. Cowboys haven't beaten anybody of significance. This would be their best win of the year, believe it or not, if they beat the Buffalo Bills. You know what? I think they do beat the Buffalo Bills, but it's going to be a tight ball game, especially with that Bills offense. If you go back to the Bills-Patriots game, they kept that game close to their defense. And I get it. It's at Dallas, but go ahead and give me the Buffalo Bills with the points. Okay, uh, I am taking uh, Dallas okay. as well uh, with the point uh, with all those points. I just can't buy into Buffalo. Wait, I'm sorry. Is Dallas the plus six or minus six? No, they're minus six. Yeah, so yeah, go on and give me the, the, the Bills with the oh, plus six. Oh, you want six. the Bills? Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so. Uh, so I'll take six and a half. I'm taking the Cowboys. You're Cowboys. taking the you're taking, I'm taking the, the Bills. Points. Yeah, okay. I'm taking the points. Uh, which is probably a smart move. Ravens minus six against the 49ers. And you know what? This game. I said this uh, again yesterday. Our th- we do so many different pick segments, but. I feel like this game has a little bit of a New York Giants, led by Tom Coughlin, yeah. against the New England Patriots in that undefeated year. Yeah. Now, they've met a little bit later in the season. Mm-hmm. But I have a feel like this could be a Super Bowl preview, and we could get – like it's a game that we might revert back to and yeah. say, hey, they figured this out, and this is why they did this in Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Yeah. So, I'm going to take the Ravens, by the way, because I'm not. They're like the Patriots to me right now. I'm not picking against the Ravens. Sure, they are clicking on every cylinder that's ever been made. So I, I did a lot of research. I studied a lot of film uh, this morning, actually, of the San Francisco 49ers defense. We'll get into why maybe next week or so. But the one thing that San Francisco has going for them on defense and why they're so good, Brent, is the fact that they're fast. They're fast at the edges and they're linebackers. They're, they come downhill and they play big boy football. And I think if you even want to stand a chance to beat the Baltimore Ravens, you have to have guys that can react fast and that are quick and, and that can match the toughness of that offensive line. I think Baltimore wins this game, but I think it's closer than what they're saying right now. So go ahead and give me San Francisco 49ers on the road in Baltimore. All right. Bucks and the Jags, minus one. I'm not sure that line has moved since Coughlin talked. <laughs> now that the fans have been rallied. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the whole field advantage. Uh, here we go. Circle the wagons. Uh, one point favorite for the Jags. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. you got to prove it to me. I, I will not pick the Jags again until they give me something to grab onto. Yeah. And uh, three 20-point losses and 200 yards in each game is not something to grab onto. And I have a little bit of a fear factor that Herndon, although he's played pretty good football mm-hmm. against the pass, has not really been tested to this degree. And I think 
this could be a bit of an ugly game for the young cornerback who doesn't have a ton of experience. Well, and it begs the question, who do you put A.J. Boy on? Do you put him on Mike Evans, the big-bodied receiver who can go up and get everything, or do you put him on Godwin, who's a speedster who can run every single route on the route tree I don't know. and make you look foolish? What and would I, you do? I don't have an answer either. I really well, don't know whatever what side do. you put Herndon on, you got to give him a little help, right? And you got to leave A.J. out there by himself, Correct. essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's what the, the plan is. But also, listen, Peyton Barber, I get it. He's not a household name, really, at running back. But he's still, I mean, he's capable. And if you're Tampa Bay offense right now, why would you use Peyton Barber as well? So give me Tampa Bay. Does man. it does it take a, anybody but a household name? <laughs> does it take a household name? I mean, to beat the Jaguars in the run game right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know who. I mean, Jonathan Williams had one yard before his 116 yard game. Who is Tampa Bay's fullback? Go ahead and give me him fantasy. Uh, I'm sure he's got two touchdowns on goal line situations. Yeah. Listen, I hope the Jags pull it off, and Jameis might throw you one or two. No, that's yeah. I mean, listen. I think if this game is going to be close, if the Jaguars have a chance, they they're going to need a big play from their defense because, like you said, Jameis will present them the opportunities. Tampa just feels maybe what they did going to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, Seattle. They beat the Rams out west. So they just they just beat Atlanta, who was pretty hot coming in actually in a couple yeah. of weeks span. They just feel like a much better than four and seven football team to me, and I know the turnovers of Winston. It's, have it's hurt all them. on Jameis, man. Uh, yeah. And their defense stinks. I mean, their defense is thirty. Well, now, see, the, to the, me, this the defense, a, their pass defense stinks. Their run defense is good. Yes, yeah. their run defense is very good. Yeah. But this game's all about Nick Foles to me. Of course. Because if Foles can't show it in the, against the thirty-first ranked defense, I think he, that's going to oof, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a little bit of a problem spot, if not. Well, so I'm gonna take. Yeah. I'm taking the Bucks. And if, if you're Tampa Bay and you're watching film right now, you have to make Nick Foles beat you, right? Like you're gonna stop Leonard Fournette. You're you're gonna stack the box and say, we get it. Nick Foles is a former Super Bowl MVP. Let's see what he's got now. So they're gonna. I think they're gonna dare Nick Foles to beat him. Whether Nick Foles can, we shall see. You brought up a good point the other day that NFC South is loaded with wide receivers. Four of the top five wide receivers yardage-wise, right, in yeah. the league are from the NFC South? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you got uh, Julio Jones. Well, obviously, Thomas from New Orleans is number one. Yeah. Uh, and then Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and DJ Moore. That, that, that's to be the very first time where the top five have all come from one uh, Oh, so division. it's the top five. It's not four or five. No, it's, it's top, the top five. five. Yep. And so, uh, and you, by the way, nobody would have got DJ Moore in that list. No, absolutely right? not. For the Carolina Panthers, come on. All right. With everything going on, by the way, the latest uh, Telvin Smith, um, well, let me tell you the latest, if I can find the latest on the Telvin Smith uh, stuff. From our news department, police activity outside a home owned by former Jack Telvin Smith. The home is in Queens Harbor. We have folks there. Again, I've been getting some other info in. I just, I'm not going to share some info unless we get it super confirmed when it comes to police activity and all these other things. Uh, There are, there are people tweeting that the SUV got towed, his, his Escalade, his SUV. Um, but again, uh, we're going to, from a news standpoint, this is a, this could be a serious matter involving Telvin Smith. So uh, let's uh, try to pay attention to what we're doing on the news side and trying to dig. And we're also trying to dig on the on this side of it as well. Uh, but to be honest with you, the Jags won't know anything on this. Of course See, not. The yeah. Jags don't even consider Telvin Smith a part of their football team. Yeah. He's on that reserve retired list. Mm-hmm. Like so they uh, Tom Coughlin said it today. No communication with him. Mm-hmm. So they they don't know. I just texted some people and shed light they didn't know yeah i they i'm telling them yeah 
So th- we're not going to find anything out from that side. I think this is more of our news folks from a police standpoint. What are the police saying? What's actually happening on the scene? And we have cameras and we have Sky Action News Jacks up over that. CBS 47 and Fox 30 tune in at 6 o'clock. We'll have a report on the latest with the Telvin Smith situation. And that's where that is at right at this moment. Um, not a good news on the eve of uh, Thanksgiving, potentially, for yeah. Telvin Smith. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. And before we roll into a holiday weekend... How about a little happy hour horn here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 Shot, tip your star tenders. Yeah, and be safe, of course, this yeah. holiday weekend, uh, most especially. And uh, check uh, com out. Have some Vita Dilui tomorrow. You're going to the Pete's bar, I the am. lemon bar, the I big am. party on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'll be there. Well, that's the place to go. And from 9 a.m. until noon, some Vita Dilui samples yep. will be out there. Bloody Mary, specialty drinks at the lemon bar. So go check it out. You'll be in the vicinity. You better stop by there. Oh, dude, you know I'm going to be there. Bloody Mary, say no more, fam. I'm and, there. Uh, and I just got this new news in on Vita Dilui. Okay. Blue Lifestyle and Tasting Magazine. Rates Añejo and Reposado both at a 94 rating, and the nice. block goes up at a 98. So what a start for the new flavors for Vita de Louis. Uh, also at the Lemon Bar is a package store. People can buy holiday gifts or hostess gifts for Thanksgiving and take bottles home with them. So there you go. A little stocking stuff so there for fun, Christmas. Party in the morning for Friendsgiving like and take it. it home for the rest of the family tomorrow. But, of course, uh, drink responsibly. Be safe. All weekend long. I mean, what a day before Thanksgiving. You know, you know, oh, what? Yeah. crazy things happen around Thanksgiving time. You know, that's they when do. the Tiger Woods thing happened. Oh, good call. It was the that's day right. after Thanksgiving. I'll never yeah, forget. It. I was actually in Disney World. Yeah. And I and that broke, and I was like, oh my god, that became this monster story. Sure. You know, at first when these stor- stories hit like that, you're like, hmm. Okay. I mean, is this a big deal? Or is it just <laughs> then, a headline? Yeah. And then that'd be Then it was obviously. on South Park. Yeah, you knew it was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it was on South Park. But, That's uh, a good measuring stick. But yeah, speaking of Thanksgiving real quick, I mean, as far as like, you know, a, a kid or even nowadays, like, do you have any good Thanksgiving traditions that you guys do? I mean, obviously it's probably switching up a little bit going on the road this year, but any good, uh, a, a, any good fond memories of Thanksgivings? Yeah. I mean, listen, I like Thanksgiving a lot. Yeah. Uh, but. The biggest thing for me that I remember Thanksgiving that I'd like to still go back to, where I'm from in Rhode Island, yeah. we play Thanksgiving football games. Oh, so you're one of those guys. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. we played our rival, and I don't think they play the rival because of the way the postseason now works. Sure. But the Thanksgiving Day game was a big game. That's when the, that place was packed. Like, you don't get six, 7,000 people at a game regularly yeah. on Friday or Saturday in Rhode Island. Yeah. But for that game, you got six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 people. East Providence Townies against LaSalle. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to make it back and bring the kids back to that. It's just really hard to do. 
For sure. Um, with what we do. I like it. All right, man. Happy Thanksgiving happy to you. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, to your family. Coos, you do the same. Travel safe, all right? Hope Hopefully you make, make it. Coos, I'll see you at Pete's Bar tomorrow. That's right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We are thankful for you listening to our show. And, uh, again, we'll give you the latest on Telvin Smith coming up at 6 o'clock on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Follow us on Twitter as well. We'll try to update you if there's anything new that happened. If you missed anything in part of the show with Tom Coughlin, well, we spent the whole day talking Tom Coughlin. You can always go back and find the show, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, our Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 podcast. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the football weekend, and, well, maybe I'll see you at the bank if you were inspired by Tom Coughlin. Have a good night, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.